Blog Talk Radio. The excitement. The drama. Betting line is steamrolling for Miller on the far side now. Deep stretch battle. Betting line will rally the score in 1033. The best three year olds on the planet. Huntsville between. Fear the dragon on the outside. Fear the dragon on the outside gives Miller back to back. North American Cups on a collision course with destiny. The long and storied history of the Pepsi North America Cup has long produced some of Harness Racing's greatest moments. From upsets like Wakazashi Hitover and Goalie Jeff to fan favorites Some Beat Somewhere and Rock and Roll Hitover, one of the richest races in Canada, the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup continues to be an iconic staple for sophomore pacers. Tonight, trainer Clyde Francis gets a rare second opportunity at the elusive Cup with his star three-year-old Ohio bred Lather Up. West Delight. Stay Hungry, Lost in Time, and a host of others will try to steal the North America Cup in one of the race's deepest fields ever. Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, is proud to present the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup, live from Woodbine Mohawk Park in Milton, Ontario. The show begins right now. Live coverage of the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup is brought to you by Bet America. Play the Bet America way. New vocations. Make your next horse an X racehorse. Pacing for the Cure. Learn more at pacingforthecure.org. The Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, the home of the Hamiltonian. Hoosier Park Racing and Casino, Harness Racing Revolutionized. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono, home of the 2018 Breeders' Crown. Winback Farms. Check out our yearling lineup at winbackfarms.com. The Harness Racing Fan Zone. Check out the brand new USTA Play of the Day exclusively at harnessracingfanzone.com. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. Visit runaces.com. The Standard Red Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey. Visit the National Standard Red Horse Show August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Hey, it's Mike Bozich here, the host time of Mike and Mike Studios, welcoming you to live coverage of the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup. We certainly appreciate you joining us, and without further ado, let's send it live on site to our broadcast team of Mike Carter, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Otten. You guys? Host time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America, is proud to present the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup live from Mohawk Racetrack in Milton, Ontario. And Garnett, what a night it has been so far. Well, we got a 148 score by Sintra, a, a huge overlay at $18 in the Mohawk Gold Cup. We got the Fan Hanover final coming up. We have Handelor Hanover, who uh, easily won the Armbro flight. It's a beautiful night here. We're sitting in probably the best spot in the racetrack. Where else would you rather be? All right. What a great night of live racing has been so far. We'll get into Hanover Hanover here in just a moment. Let's take a round-robin look at our broadcast team. First, uh, back in the post time with Mike at Mike Studios, Mike Bozich. And, Mike, i got to tell you, you're really missing out on this one, my friend. 
Yeah, it certainly seems like a, a great scene. You guys are putting up pictures on social media. It certainly seems like a packed house. I mean, give us a little bit of an idea of what the scene is like there. I mean, I, you know, TV, I know, doesn't do it any justice. It seems like there's just a huge crowd there tonight. You know, Mike, they're what, Garnett, probably about, what, 15 deep on the rail, if not more? I mean, no, it, it, I'm mean, looking at it. It looks more like, more like 20 or 25 as, deep, as I mean, you, or more. Get closer to the wire, yeah, it's like from the front to back almost to the doors. It's so. just unbelievable, the scene and the excitement every single race as they come down to the finish. It's uh, definitely something that you have to be here to witness. Well, my, uh, my man to my left here, listen, we've been good friends for a long, long time. We met through Facebook. Right. Uh, he's helped co-host this show many a time. My man, Garnett Barnsdale, the WAG DRF writer. And listen, my man, you you picked a cold trifecta earlier. You should have. You said you should have played it for like what, twenty or twenty-five bucks, right? I, I should have played it for a few bucks. But you know what? Uh, the price on Sinter was just so good that uh, I just took a win ticket on the eight to one. And I'm not, as you know, I'm not usually a big win better, but uh, I thought he should have been more in about the seventy-two range, and I had to take that eight to one and win All right, let's bring in the third member of our broadcast team. You guys recognize her from the great that she takes for us for post time with Mike and Mike Jessica and Jessica I know this is my first Pepsi North American Cup this is your first Pepsi North American Cup uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what you've seen so far and uh, what the experience has been like other than the great races that have happened so far I love the um, crowd atmosphere there is a ton of people here everybody's on the fence cheering you got people cheering for the horses and the drivers and it's really cool how up close and personal you can get to um, the racetrack Joe Jameson does high five down the line it's pretty cool um, I'm really excited for the rest of the final race to go on tonight and yeah all right. Well, what a big night of harness racing that we've seen so far here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. The eighth race just ended. The judges are looking at an inquiry. Uh, number six, Twinkle Garnett, uh, appeared to make a little bit of a bobble right at the line. Uh, what's your take? I don't. She doesn't look like she's running to me. I don't know. I, I, I think she's going to stay up. She only looks rough to me from what I can see. And we got a nice, fairly big screen TV here. They keep showing slow-mos of it. She doesn't look, uh, she looks like she's pacing for me just a little bit erratically, so I think she can stay up. All right. Well, again, the judges are looking at an inquiry here in race number eight. Uh, race number nine starts the all-state pick four, Mike. And I'll tell you what, what a pick four it is. Uh, but before we dive into that, uh, Garnett, let's kind of discuss the uh, Hanover Hanover Rock from earlier. Uh, Hanover Hanover uh, versus the Moticon Hanover for the first time uh, this season. And Hanover Hanover proved that she was much the best. Well, you know, she got a soft half because uh, Majestic Presence got hung on the other side. And once, once she rang up the half, I think it was 57 flat or 56 and three or something like that. I, I thought I had written down here. But once she hit the half in, in that slow of a pace for her, this race was over. I mean, something, I think something out of the unusual would have had to happen to get a beat anyways. But I knew when I saw the half walk that uh, it was over. And she just cruised to an easy, easy win. I don't think, um, she may not lose the mirrors this year. I'm going to, I'm going to predict that. All right. Well, Mike, uh, obviously the Mohawk Gold Cup was on everybody's mind. The Mohawk Gold Cup um, was featured the three-year-old, Jimmy Frey, too. Garnett was my single in the pick four. I'll tell you what, he raced extremely well. But, Mike, uh, what does he think of uh, the performance by Sintra? 
I thought it was a great performance. I thought it was a great pick by Garnett. I mean, Sintra was able to get that second over trip. Check six was coming first over, and the horse that was – they really got bad luck there was Rodeo Romeo, and he sat behind Nirvana Sealster, who is like $90 million to one. And, um, you know, I thought Rodeo Romeo maybe needed to retake in that situation, but didn't. But uh, Nirvana Sealster did have a little bit in the tank. Enough to sting Chetik. The race just set up really good for Sintra. McWicked just got a little bit too far back. Nirvana Sealster broke late in the stretch there, which, uh, you know, backed up Rodeo Romeo another couple lengths. Maybe a horse that you want to put in your barn. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was a good pick on Sintra. It was his third start of the season. And, uh, you know, Garnett, I'll tell you what, you picked up on it well because usually third starts of the season and a lot of times in a lot of situations are go time. Great drive by Jody Jameson is having a good night. And yet another Canadian driver, Garnett, that's having a really good night is Jonathan Drury. All right. JD and Jody have uh, won a couple of races. He's got Jonathan's having a good night. Um, Jody drove the race perfectly, but I mean, you know, he Central fired home in 26 flat in both of his uh, warm up races for this. Nine for 19 last year was the winner of the uh, Canadian Pacing Derby. I mean, at 8 to 1, it's just, to me, it's, I, I still can't fathom the overlay on this course. I thought, at worst, he's going to be a strong second place in this race, and he was a deserving favorite, but 8 to 1 is just, to me, it's crazy. All right, the eighth race just went official. They did disqualify number six. So what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> That's why we're not judges. Uh, we're going to dive into this all-stake pick four, Mike. We're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, we'll talk the all-stake pick four live from the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup at Mohawk Racetrack. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for our championship meet that is highlighted on July 14th with Crawford Farms, Meadowlands Pace, and then wraps up on August 4th with our prestigious Pembletonian. Join us for promotion packed Friday and Saturday nights with post time at 7.15. Test your skills and take a shot at the survivor wager for added gambling fun. For more info, go to playmeadowlands.com. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org.
edition of Mike's Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, Jeff Allen, and Garnett Barnfield. As the horses will be coming out of the racetrack for the ninth race momentarily. Let's dive into the All-State Pick 4, guys. And race number nine kicks it off. It is the Armbro, uh, excuse me, Armbro slide. Excuse me, I'm still in the earlier races, uh, G-Man. Uh, the Fan Hanover Final, quarter $15,000 on the line. And guys, I know four deep here, two, three, four, and six. I like the two sudden passing. Uh, has won, uh, let's see here, three of, his, three of her last four was second here at Woodbine Mohawk Park on May 19th, Garnett. And I'll tell you what, this is actually, excuse me, this race seems like it's a lot more wide open uh, than it looks on paper. Yeah, you know, I only went too deep. I went kissing, uh, kissing the sand. I really liked what she raced last week, even though she got a good trip. And the horse that finished second to her shower play was absolutely flying at the end. She's already come down to five to two from beneath the one morning line. I don't really, really feel that confident when we're going too deep here, but I don't want to make that quick mistake. So I think I'll just stick with three. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. All right, I think we might have uh, lost my focus there. All right. Well, real quick, before we dive into the rest of the All-State Pick 4, my man Mark Matelvi is live with us here at the, uh, at the uh, studios for the Speedway. First of all, what a great night you guys have put on. Fantastic crowd so far. Yeah, we're really uh, happy how everything's going so far tonight. And, of course, getting closer to the big race, and that's obviously the main event, but... Uh, Everything got going at 4 o'clock. We've got so many activities going on track that it's not just racing. It's a whole night of entertainment, uh, food, live music, uh, prizes, giveaways. And so uh, the weather couldn't have been any better, and uh, that's half the battle, right? I'll tell you what, we've seen some really big well, for us, uh, you know, one of the first things we do is we don't allow any training on this day in the morning uh, on our track service, and we give our track crew the, uh, every opportunity to be able to do their job to the, the fullest, and um, it starts right there, just giving them that opportunity, and I mean, you know it very well, Michael, the amount of work and, and behind-the-scenes effort that goes into putting these nights together, it's a lot of hours just for about four hours of racing, but uh, it's a lot of work, and it's going really well, and I think... Uh, Again, like I said, if you get the weather on your side, uh, you know, we can deliver the rest, and uh, so far, so good. All right, Mike, there is Mark, so get ready to come on to the racetrack for the fan uh, again over here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, real quick, uh, give us your pick in the uh, Pepsi North American Cup, and I'll tell us who you like. Uh, in the North American Cup, I'm going with Stay Hungry, and uh, I'm on the Stay Hungry bandwagon. I know a lot of people are here and like to see our top owner, Brad Grant, get that uh, trophy, and our top driver, Doug McNair, uh, but again, I just think the race is probably set up to stay hungry. So uh, I think so. It's going to be an absolute uh, shootout, and it's going to be a great race. All right, Mark. We'll certainly appreciate you guys having us here and uh, listening. All right. I'm glad you guys were able to make it out. So thanks for coming out, and I hope uh, it's the start of uh, many trips to Mohawk. Good luck. All right. They're on the racetrack for the uh, quarter $15,000 fan handover. It is for three-year-old Phillies. If need and as we fulfill the play, show up on the screen here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. The one that just her luck is fourth in her sand handover elimination. is trained by Paul Reed. Chris Christopheru is in the sulky. The two is Southern Pantheon, owned by Lindsay and Connie Ransom, trained by Jordan Smear, and Jordan Jameson. 
Number three is Sisson in the sand. Trainer Nancy Johansson brings this one in. Driver Scott zero on one by a length and a quarter over I'm Trigger Happy and the shower play last week. All right, number five is Kendall Seelster. Uh, was fourth by two and a half lengths behind Kissing in the Sand. I'm Trigger Happy and Shower Play is trained by Paul Reed. Randy Waples is in the Celtic. Darnett, help me out where you're. <laughs> help me out where. Where where are you, Darnett? Which number are we at? Number seven is Rain on Me, trained by Nifty and Norman. Brett Miller is in the sulky over five this season, but was third in the Fan Hanover. All right, number nine, you better, you better go go. Which fifth in the fan handover after competing very well on the New York Sire State Circuit at Tiger Downs in Saratoga. Blake McIntosh trained Tim Tietrich is in the selfie. All right, that is the field for the fan handover. Before we head to the fan handover, we're going to take a short time out. When we come back, we've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. I don't know what the are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure 2 Gated Pleasure Class. 
This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! Are you interested in learning more about owning Standard Bread racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a Standard Bread? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. With Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, a long time of Mike Bozic, Jeff Gotten, and Garnett Barnsdale. <laughs> Mike, it never fails. It's always something. <laughs> Mike? All right. Well, race number nine is. Race number nine is coming up next. It's the $415,000 Stan Hanover. And, Mike, uh, you know, as I look at the odds board here, number spot three at Kissing in the Sand, currently at eight to five. All right, I think we've uh, lost with Mike Bozich there. Garnett uh, currently at eight to five, number three at Kissing in the Sand. Uh, Kissing in the Sand uh, has won three of her last four starts, and I'll tell you what, she looks much the best on the racetrack so far. She's got some kind of equipment adjustment here right in front of us, which is what makes this uh, spot so cool. You can see it happening right here. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but she looks good. Um, I really, you know, I like to see her as a shower play. If she can, uh, she can get a little bit closer uh, earlier in the mile, she might be able to chase some chase down here. I'll tell you what, I went four deep in this race, and there's a reason uh, for that, obviously. A pretty wide-open affair, if you ask me. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I have to say I'm a little bit surprised uh, by uh, the 8-5 price of this race. It's so much money. Uh, if you're looking at the wind pools, which we can see right now, 11645 The next closest is number six, Alexis Faith. And I'm not even that big of a fan of Alexis Faith in this spot. Well, I think uh, if, she, if she gets a better trip, she can do a lot of work. Are we going to go through the end of this pick four? Yeah, why not? Uh, let's take a look at the remainder of our pick four. Race number 10 is the Good Times final, and you'll see a lot of these trotters in the Hamiltonian coming up at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Garnet, I went three deep in the Good Times, excuse me, two deep in the Good Times, the three Alarm Detector, and the four Wolf Gang. Yeah, you know what? I added $50 bill. I think if uh, any kind of battling happens, you might be able to chase those two down, but I think those are the ones All right. Race number 11 here at Woodbine Mohawk Park is the Roses Are Red Final. The Roses Are Red Final. I went two deep. Number four, Blazing Riches in the seven. Sharp, these are the two best in here. I, I used those two. I added Blue Moon's Pride. I think if she gets a better trip, she can be a thread here. And in the North America Cup, 
Uh, I, I don't love to go jockey, but I went to the two favorites here, Stay Hungry and Lather Up. And on the smaller ticket, I had it done well. It was uh, very good last week, racing first over, only the second start of the year. And uh, only the first loss of his career. And he only gave him a very good yeah, the Pepsi North America Cup is the race number 12. Obviously, we'll get into the Pepsi North America Cup here in just a little bit. So, to flip back uh, to my uh, my selection here, I went two, three, and four. The three big horses are net uh, in the Pepsi North America Cup, I think, have the best shot. But I like West Delight. Like his chances, we've got a Corey Callahan trainer, Mark Carter. Obviously, uh, Lather Up is probably going to be the horse to beat in this race, though. He's the horse to beat, but I, I don't think you can take a short price on him. I think there's going to be a lot more action here than you can beat. And it's probably going to be a little short price. I'm not sure if it's uh, worth it. All right. Race number nine is the Fan Hanover, the 415,000 Fan Hanover uh, final. A field of 10. The three year old Pacing Philly takes center stage here. Ken Middleton is going to have the live call here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. All right, as they continue up the uh, back stretch onto the far turn, Alexis Faith dealing with pressure with some just to walk on the outside into the second tip in the stand. Comes over third, but he doesn't tag you better than go, go. They need some racing to come to the top of the stretch. We put it one, two, and three, and it's just her rock on the outside. Up to engage Alexis to face for the lead. Turn comes you better, go, go. Kiss it in the stand, make the move on the outside. Take to the shower, play in the deep stretch now. Alexis plays with the lead. In between horses coming on the sudden passing, and the far outside is Sarah Clay. Sarah Clay trying to get to Alexis Faith in the stream, taking in the stream, and sudden passing down the pit. Sarah Clay wins the hand holder title in 1.52. Shower Clay rocks in the fan handover final. What big mile by Shower play. Uh, we apologize for the uh, technical difficulties there, <laughs> Carnet. So I had to kind of jump in and uh, do the race off. And, and, he did, and he did a good job. Uh, yeah, you know, the the two that I like there uh, came first and second. Shower play actually went really wide turning for home, and that may have benefited her. She got out where maybe they couldn't see her, and uh, Louis Wah really got her into gear. This one tipped her hand last week. Let's be honest. She had a she made a really good move last week, and that's why she got bet heavier than uh, you know the morning line anyway. All right. Well, race number 10 is up next, uh, G-Man. And uh, listen, that, that that might be the richest racehorse uh, I've ever had to uh, kind of impromptu call. And you, did you get to call a sub 150 yeah. mile at least? No. Uh, no, 150 and two. Wow. Of course not, because, you, know, you know, why would that happen, right? Someday, buddy, someday. All right. Race number 10 is up next. Uh, we'll get to that here momentarily. But what a move by Shower Play, Louis Philippe. While we saw him at Western Affair, um, and I'll tell you what, what a move he made with Rock and Ron. Obviously, he was an expert in that race. And I'll tell you what, he waited patiently. And for such a young driver, Garnett, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it, patience isn't always a virtue with the younger drivers. No, you know, I mean, a lot of them do, but this time, you know what? He had the right move. He got right on Kisman's stand's back and uh, stayed there to the top of the stretch. Swung out, had plenty of horse, and had no problem getting up one race by you know, a bottle length. 
uh, Kissing the Sand, Ray Figg, um, she just couldn't hold her up. And in sudden passing, actually, uh, actually looked like a threat uh, mid-stretch. She got room, similar to the way she had last week, but she fell just short. And at the wire, was four across. Four horses in about a length and a quarter. So, you know, this was probably the most exciting race of the night so far, I think. All right, they're coming back to the winner's circle. Jeff Gott will have the winner's circle reaction here momentarily as Louis Filibois brings number four, Shower Play, in front of the stand, pushing second, the three kissing in the sand, two sudden passing third, and the six, Alexis Faith, fourth. Four, three, two, six, one, fifty, and two. We'll go to race number 10 is that next week, the big time final for a three year old Colt and the Gelding of Trotters. And it's uh, going for a purse of $266,000. 20 cent victory kicks off here, racing 10, 11, and 12. And what a strong field this is. The three alarm detector is the morning line favorite. He is, but you know what? It's, uh, it's a little bit, um, and maybe it's a little bit surprising because he wasn't the fastest elimination winner, but I think part of what they're going on is they know the locals are going to read this one. And uh, he's seven for eight, uh, lifetime. He only lost once. And it's a race where he got away very poorly in the Champlain last year. But that actually proved to be a good stepping stone for the Wildwood, which he ended up doing. So, yeah, I mean, you see how to be taking much money. The probably going to both be in the country by 75 million. Hey, Dave. Got a minute? And, um, you know what? Uh, it's just an action. You can get up there. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the bottom. It's a little bit of a very good race. All right. Joining us at the table is the driver, David Mayer. And Dave, let's talk a little bit about Nutcracker Sweet. Nutcracker Sweet. Uh, obviously, draws a little bit tough tonight, but raced extremely well in the elimination last week, um, finishing second by the next to West Delight. Uh, talking about uh, his chances with the thing. Uh, just talking to uh, uh, the trainer Jimmy Taxter, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about going into the race. I know he's got the eight hole, but uh, you know I look forward to be a lot of action in there, and uh, you know hopefully we're not too far out of it here at at home, and uh, I'm expecting big things. From All right, Dave, good luck uh, coming up in uh, the Pennsylvania Department. Thanks, bud. All right, driver David Miller. He drives Nutcracker Suite and uh, Garnett's a little bit of an outside chance uh, from Nutcracker Suite. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it, it's it's a tough field in general, and I, I think it's a wide open field. Yeah. yeah, you know, he wasn't really a horse that was on my radar. He uh, he lengthens his hopples an inch here, and, and you're right. You know, you're both right. He did race really well last week. He took his ninth, he got 12 and a half weeks and ran at the quarter and lost the race by a neck. I think... Uh, I don't think it's any secret. This horse is probably going to be in a similar spot early, maybe seventh, eighth, ninth early. And if there's a lot of action, as uh, Dave Miller just suggested, which I think there will be, actually. I think there is going to be a lot of action in this race because you've got a lot of contenders lined up inside of them. I, you know, it's not the worst 20 to 1 shot you can bet on this card. All right. Race number 10 is coming up next. We're going to take a short timeout when we come back. We've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America.
join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at DiamondCreekFarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands page. On Saturday, August 4th, we return to the Hamiltonian State. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you... There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, and Jessica Ottman. We're joined now by Louis Philibois and Jessica Ottman. First off, congratulations on your big win in the same team over the final. Walk us through the race. What were you thinking when you were leaving the gate? I live in the gate. I tried to work on it for a second. She had the last time I made for a second or something like that. First one I ended up being got zero that had favorite. I tried to kind of get him on the outside early, push him early so that he was going to be first because I know he had the really good lead. So I was first up because he, he, he moved, was going to go first up and then Chris was going to move in front of him. So I ended up with the first. So from now it's going to come to my silly to be more than the other one. Uh, I wasn't sure. There's so many times you feel so good in the back of someone that you move your heart and you won't feel that much. So I wasn't sure at all, but I knew that that might be one of the things. What was going through your head after that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that was the main reason. Thank you and congratulations. Well, Louis Lafleur, are you guys? All right, that's Louis Lafleur. Brings Jessica Ottman and uh, Mike. Uh, race number ten is up next. Five minutes away. Uh, take it away. All right, we're just a couple of minutes away from race number ten here at Mohawk. It is leg two of that. The big pick four, and of course, race 10 is the good times final going for a purse of $266,000. You've got a good field of nine coming up here. Mike Bozich back in the post time with Mike and Mike Studios. And I'll tell you what, we've seen some great racing tonight, but the good times final is coming up next. And obviously, you've got two very, very Good favorites uh, coming up. I mean, as far as the morning line is concerned, anyway, three alarm detector. How good is this one? Spent one six of seven as a two-year-old that right now is undefeated as a three-year-old, although just one start, of course, that was in the good times elimination, making a nice move there at the half and just able to sustain 53 at 127 at four for the connections of Benoit Biogen and Trevor Henry. For Wolfgang, uh, a lot of talking about this source. Of course, Jimmy Tank, they're always dangerous in a spot like this, always with Hamiltonian eligibles. Wolfgang, one for one, winning the good times elimination, making his first start of the year in this particular ring, in the uh, particular uh, Stink Series qualified, double qualified, 54 and 3 and 54 off that 52 and 2. Just a very impressive effort, uh, defeating uh, the likes of Lawmaker, Run Detector. Obviously, a couple of the horses in here facing the elimination uh, of uh, a week ago. And, you know, it looks like to, it looks to be a two horse race between Alarm Detector and Wolfgang. I mean, how you start to pick three, that's kind of up to you. As far as the handicappers corner section of the post time with Mike and Mike website, we took a chance on number six, Hat Trick Cabot. This was a horse that actually uh, looked really good in the, at the Meadowlands and uh, defeated the likes of Zephyr Kronos, who come back to win at the Meadowlands very impressively last night. Fayatosib as well. I mean, we're talking about a couple of decent horses. There And this was a horse that was the favorite 
in the good times of elimination uh, in his last start. Went to the outside, made a little bit of a move, kind of raced evenly. I mean, close sub-28, 53-1 and one, uh, on the complete mile. Uh, was uncovered in that particular race. I don't know. I thought the race could have been better. But you see a lot of these situations. You see a lot of these horses where they come up a little bit empty in the elimination, but they fire in the finale. Uh, in the finals of uh, whatever stakes it may be. And I think maybe Hattrick Habit at the price you're going to get may be worth it if you're trying to upend the uh, the couple of favorites, number three, Alarm Detector, and four, Wolfgang. $750 bill. Uh, you know, we talked about this horse time and time again. This was a horse that, I mean, just ran, raced fantastically in uh, the Breeders' Crown last year. And, uh, you know, he's making his fourth start. And it's good to see some of these Indiana horses that are starting to come out of the state. Uh, I mean, some, you know, like you see Beckham Z-Tamp, who primarily was racing in the state, now is starting to venture out and starting to, you know, travel on the East Coast and, and, and elsewhere. And now we see $50 bill. This is a horse that, you know, always has been racing uh, at Hoosier Park in Indiana and now is kind of venturing out. So we're kind of going to see what these horses are made of $50 bill. I thought that was a pretty good effort last time in the elimination. I mean, you know, moved uncovered was a game second to alarm detector does move outside, does have some versatility. Certainly wouldn't be surprised if trace Tietrich uh, races this horse from on the pace. I mean, from post seven, you know, you might want to talk kind of like we saw in his first race of 2013, uh, 20, 18. I mean, granted, that was against easier. It was an Indiana Cyrus Stakes elimination event, but still, he showed that tactical speed. I mean, I can't stress how important tactical speed is, and especially in races like this, because you really can't afford to be too far back, in my opinion, when they're going so fast. I mean, if you look up and down these race lines from all of these stakes races, you can see horses coming home in 26, horses coming home in 25 and change, and not getting there, and not getting there. So you have to have tactical speed. You have to be able to assure a position, and maybe $750 bill can do that. So we'll see. Trainer Bill Crone, uh, good, good story owner, John Bernard, longtime Illinois, Indiana guys. We'll see if $750 bill uh, can have a chance in the good times final. We're going to take a quick time out. We're going to check in the boys live on site at Woodbine, Milwaukee. We've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for our championship meet that is highlighted on July 14th with Crawford Farms, Meadowlands Pace, and then wraps up on August 4th with our prestigious Pembletonian. Join us for promotion packed Friday and Saturday nights 
with post time at 7.15. Test your skills and take a shot at the survivor wager for added gambling fun. For more info, go to playmetalands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Garnett Barnsdale, Jess Scott, and Mike Bozich in the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios. Race number 10 is up next. Garnett, are you surprised by any of the uh, prices you see so far? Not really. I figure, you know, like I said, the three and the four would be around six, seven to five. That's what they are. $50 bill is a strong third choice. Hatrick Habits, the fourth choice. And, uh, Lawmaker's 18 to 1. He might, Lawmaker, I think, is a good horse maybe to put underneath for, you know, third, fourth, maybe even second if he trips out. Are you surprised by the favoritism of the four Wolf Gang? Not really. People uh, people tend to play times, and uh, he was almost a full second faster than an alarm detector. I'm not saying that's the horse I would necessarily bet at these odds, but I'm not surprised that he's a chuck. All right, race number 10 is up next. And again, uh, you know, as I said earlier in when we were talking about the pick four, you know, you got to pick a little bit of value, Garnett, in these races. You can't just go to the chalk, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, that's why I didn't single uh, Zira on the race before, even though I thought she was the best horse. Uh, I thought if, you know, the things played out right, Louis Walk could win that race, and he did. And this is another reason why I use $50 bill here, because if you look at the pick three payouts, uh, the pick three onto him pays three times more than it does for the two favorites, and, <laughs> and I think he's got a shot. All right, they're about to be called postward here in just a couple of moments. Obviously, the three-alarm detector for Wolfgang, the two big horses in the group. Garnett, real quick, um, as we kind of talk about um, as we kind of talk about uh, $50 bill for just a minute, obviously last year's Breeders' Crown champion, only missed by three-quarters of a length last uh, week. Uh, what do you think of his chances here? And I'll tell you what, uh, the price is almost worth the play. I think Mike was right earlier. He was talking about uh, you got to get out close to the pace. I think if he if he can start in the top four, I think he's got a decent shot because somebody's got to be first up. And if he can get on that horse's back, that's going to go first up. Um, yeah, you know what? At four to one, uh, I don't think he can be discounted at all. He's a very high quality horse. He's won nine out of twenty and over five hundred thousand, and uh, he's probably just as good as the three or four, but he needs a little bit better trip, I think. Mike, how did you uh, kind of have this race playing out in uh, your notes? My notes, my notes are with Trainer Serhan over there in that race, so I'm I'm just noted <laughs> out after the, after what happened there. But uh, listen, we were having some technical difficulties. You guys are sounding good, by the way. Hey, Garnett, how you doing? It's good to hear you, my friend. I'm doing great so far. Uh, got a big bed, big win bed on Sintra, live in the pick four, and uh, I'm on Mike and Mike. I'm so slightly famous, so I, where else would I rather be? 
slightly famous. Let me tell you something, Garnett. You are the best handicapper north of the border. As a matter of fact, that second race, I give you a lot of credit for that second race because I didn't even look at that horse until I saw that you were the only one to pick him. And then I looked at him close. I think he was five to one morning line, went nine to five and actually went down to seven to five. And I said, okay, this is, this horse is good. And he raced very, very well. But, uh, I'll tell you what, this is a very interesting race. We've only got 40 seconds left to post, guys, so I already kind of reviewed the race a little bit, so let's get to it. Now for race number 10, the final of the good times, where four, Wolfkin checks in as the even money favorite. An impressive 152-2 and two elimination score last week right here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. It's post time for this evening's 10th race. Trotters lined up. Here they come. They're off and trotting, leaving out in the center. Lawmaker. Lawmaker strikes first for McDonald, leaving out with him on the outside is Hat Trick Habit. There's Wolfgang nestled in third in the early going. Hill Street backed up into fourth. Alarm detector fifth now. 6-2 Stormont Ventnor. Seven to the outside goes $50 bill. Final two-run director and Missile Hill. We've got a breaker in the turn. Hat Trick Habit spoiled what was going to be a two-hole trip. Hat Trick Habit's on the run. The opening quarter is 27-3. and three. Scooting out to grab an early three four-length advantage here is Lawmaker. Lawmaker sets the speed. Into second trots along Wolfgang and Jingra puts the hustle on him right now. Feeds him racetrack and here comes Wolfgang from second to first. He'll take over the lead from Lawmaker who's back into second. Third inside to Hill Street. Off the speed alarm detector fourth now. Regaining his trotting stride is Hatrick Habit though parked out fifth. Sixth inside to Stormont Ventnor. Getting underway from the backfield. $50 bill. Scooting up the rail is Missile Hill and trailing from back in ninth is run director. Half in a pretty sensible 56 and two and as they go into the far turn, they do so chasing Wolfgang. Wolfgang on top, just over a length. Right there from in second, tracks along Lawmaker. Off stride again, went Hatrick Habit. Here outside into third now, trots up alarm detector. Soon to be second and coming on. The one to catch though, Wolfgang on top, just over a length. Wolfgang widens out his lead now to a length and a half. Lawmaker back into second, outside third, alarm detector. He's got work to do. Outside off cover now. Here's Stormont Ventnor. The ending stretch, three quarters, 124, three fifths. Still there with the lead is Wolfgang. Wolfgang by a pair. Stormont Ventnor rallies on the far outside at long odds. Then it's back to alarm detector and lawmaker. They're in deep stretch, and it's all Wolfgang wrapped up coming to the line as Jingron Wolfgang will capture the good times by four open legs. Stormont Ventnor was second. Alarm detector third, 152-1. A big mile there for the winner, Wolfgang. But that is not the, that's not the horse I was looking at. Where the heck did the where the heck did the one come from, Garnett? Stormont Ventnor. I don't know. He slid he slid out on the last turn, and um, slid out on the last turn, and we got up at a big price. But you know this was uh, <laughs> this was uh, too easy a trip for Wolfgang. I mean, what, Lawmaker took the early lead. There was a breaker in the in the pocket. It scattered the field slightly, and uh, Jingra moved to the front in the second quarter, and that was the end of that. And look at this horse storm home on the replay here. Hey. Hey, Mike, you had the one at uh, probably – you had 50 to win on the one, didn't you? You know what? Stormont Ventnor – Ventnor Avenue was always an awesome property to own in Monopoly. A yellow property. 
Is that a Monopoly yeah. property? I didn't it know is. that. It was Marvin that. Gardens. What was Marvin Gardens and what was the Atlantic Avenue was the other one? How about that? <laughs> well, while you guys talk about Monopoly pieces, we're going to talk about the winner. I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Lawmaker was, uh, you know, close to the pace. Obviously, Wolfgang, though, Garnett, uh, you know, how, how good did he look here? Obviously, he won definitively last week. But I'll tell you what, he raced extremely well uh, in the Good Times final. Yeah, he he absolutely stormed home. I mean, he uh, he swelled up on the front end after after the the half after the you know with about three eighths to go. There was uh, pace was was not exceptionally fast. And uh, once uh, you know he's such a good horse. Once he made the front, that was the end of that. And uh, another winner for Jimmy Tactor and Yannick Gingran. There we go. We're we're gonna make a joke here. This is Jess Gotten's favorite trainer, Mike Jimmy Tactor. Yes, <laughs> I see him walking to the winter circle, and I'm kind of dreading it. Hey Jimmy, who's better, Wolfgang or <laughs> <laughs> Wolfgang? Or... Uh, Mike, are you there? I can't. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm... Wolfgang or who is the horse that won yesterday? The Kronos horse at uh, the Meadowlands. <laughs> Zephyr Kronos. I think maybe we should have Jessica ask him that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, fellas. Well, race number 11 is the next race coming up. And, boys, uh, I'll tell you what. The Roses Are Red final is another race that uh, looks to be a fantastic one. And, guys, you know, Sharton has kind of, uh, you know, been off, was off of form last week, made a really uncharacteristic break before the start, and uh, was placed fifth after a uh, judge's inquiry. Blazing Bridges looked extremely sharp, though, off the tighter two back. Uh, I think Blazing Bridges is the one to uh, go to here. You know what? I, I got to say, I don't really think it's that uncharacteristic because she shows a break April 13th, and Sharton is has such high speed and is such a good mare, but. Last week, she looked a little bit crazy on the track, and I think that's what leads to her breaking. So I think if you're thinking about betting Sharton at, you know, even money, which she's probably going to be, uh, if you have access to seeing uh, the warm-ups or, you know, the, the, the score down or the post-braid, you need to take a close look at this mare tonight because she's probably going to win if she stays flat. But she, like I said, she looked a little bit crazy last week, and, that, and she did break. Well, Garnett, that's one thing we have the luxury of. So we'll have to take a uh, we'll have to watch and see what happens here. Uh, if you remember correctly, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mike Rosich, uh, when we did this at Western Fair, boy, did we pick up on Rock and Ron. Yeah, Rock and Ron was very strong. It's very important. I think it's an underrated science right now. I mean, in the day and age of simulcasting, you know, to be able to watch warm-ups, to be able to watch horses score down, I think that's a very, very big key. As a matter of fact, I. This year, I've been able to pick up a lot of live long shots at Harris, Philadelphia, just watching them score down. And not necessarily horses that warm up fast, maybe a minute or two before post time. Not necessarily they win all the time, but that's usually an indicator that they leave. And in some cases, you can see those horses, uh, they don't really show a lot of speed on paper. But if they're warming up like that, they're not going to the back. I mean, nine times out of ten, they're going to be a pace factor and that kind of can assist you in your handicapping but guys one thing i do want to mention about the roses are red and i know jessica's gonna gonna be there in a second but Sharton, a couple of starts back in the betsy ross i had a chance to watch this horse she was three lengths clear she did push forward but i'll tell you what blue moon stride was gaining on her in each and every stride and shortly after the wire it only showed a half length win there two starts back but i'll tell you what yards after the wire blue moon stride was well in front of her i mean two three four lengths in front of her just mere quarters of a second after the line so you may want to keep that in mind. 
I think Tequila Monday is just super red hot right now. I think she is sitting on a great big year, and I think if you get nine to two or better than her, run, don't walk to the windows. I remember the race. Uh, I remember the race in Harris, Philly, uh, and uh, you know I picked Blue Moon Stride to win this race as my top pick. She had a horrific trip last week, uh, interfered with it the quarter. She got forced out first up the whole way, so she's uncovered on the rim the entire way. And still only lost by five lengths, uh, and still came home in twenty-seven and two. So, I think um, you know, I think she's got a good shot. All right. Well, we're going to head to Jessica, who has Winter Circle re- reaction with winning driver Yannick Jingra, who's had a big night so far at Woodbine Mohawk Park. First off, congratulations on your win and a big night. Kind of walk us through a little bit what you're thinking leaving the gate. I wanted to control the race. Um, you know, I didn't know what the alarm detector was going to do uh, leaving, but when I got around him uh, that no that quickly. At that point, it was just a matter of when I was able to uh, retake, no, retake command and just, uh, like I said, control the race. What were you thinking coming to the three-quarter pole? Were you pretty confident in yourself? Yeah, I, at that point, I was loaded with trot, and he was starting to turn really good, and um, I figured it would be really hard for anybody to catch me. Well, congratulations and good luck the rest of the night. Yannick, I actually got one question for you. You drive uh, American history coming up at the Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, obviously, uh, finished third in a strong effort against West Delight and uh, Nutcracker Sweet. Uh, what kind of chance do you give him? And post five, you can't be uh, too disappointed with that. No, I was thrilled with the post, no doubt. Uh, you know, I mercy the draw, and that's you know, as good as a post as you're going to get. Um, you know, definitely hoping uh, for us to win. I think uh, others have to mix it up, and you know, we maybe set off the pace a little bit, and, and I'll try to you know, close into him late. All right, Yannick, good luck in the North American Cup, buddy. Thank you very much. Good luck. All right, winning driver Yannick Jingra, who has had a big night at the office so far. Garnett, a win with Hanalore Hanover, and now a victory in the Good Times final as he leads up to the Hamiltonian. Listen, we don't want to put the hex on him yet, but uh, but listen, he's had some trouble uh, over the past uh, couple of years with breakers and things of that sort. I don't think he's going to have any trouble with this one here. Well, I mean, I guess you never know. It's usually running, you know, this horse, this race is usually a contestant on a hot day. So I guess you don't, you know, you don't know for sure. But uh, man, did this horse look good? Like you said, uh, coming to the three quarters, he was full of trot. And we're seeing the stretch run here again. And you just take a look at the, the front end on this horse. He's just absolutely monstrous in the stretch from what I can look at anyways. All right, race number 11 is just nine minutes away here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And, guys, another competitive field where the roses are red. It's the Philly and Mare open pace here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And uh, Tequila Monday is going to be kind of an interesting play here, Mike. Uh, Has won uh, three of her last uh, four starts and has really raced well for trainer Hunter Oaks and driver Brett Miller. Um, Tequila Monday might be the play here and uh, waiting for the odds board to come back up, but uh, I think Tequila Monday's got a shot. Well, right now she's 5-1, to one, and, and I have to tell you, let me ask you this, Garnett, what do you think, and I know you're you know, from Canada, so you're probably used to this, but what do you think of the odds on the bottom going across the screen? Do you like them going across the screen on the broadcast? They're going up and down. I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's... Uh... To me, it's really a non-factor, and I like that. Uh, I like to have the exactor payoffs going across the bottom too. I, I don't know. I, I never. I, it doesn't bother me, to be honest. <laughs> the only reason I say that is because I looked up and I saw Tequila Monday, and I thought that she was seventy-two to one there for a minute, but she's only five to one. <laughs> hey, Mike, what do you think about uh, number seven Charton one to two off the break last week? That's uh, kind of a surprising, if you ask me. 
Guys, I told you, two starts back in the Betsy Ross. She had that three-length lead at the top of the stretch, and she won by a half a length. But like we, like Garnett and I just talked about a few minutes ago, Blue Moon Stride was closing very fast on her, and she was uh, Blue Moon Stride was three lengths past the right after the wires. So I don't know if, the, if it was a case where Sharton was tired or if Tim Teachwick was gearing her down. I had the comment. I did the comment. They do the comment lines um, in the uh, in the daily racing form. Big brush driven out. So she was being asked there towards the end. I do think she was tired in that 49 and three mile. And I do think if there was a little bit more real estate or if Blue Moon Stride had a little bit better striking position or a better post from seven, I think Blue Moon Stride would have got her. You know, like Garnett said, she had a very tough trip last time. I think she is a viable candidate. And at seven to one, I think she's a major overlay right now. Yeah, you know, uh, the other horse I'm looking at, too, is um, Blazing Bridges. I know she got a bit of an easy trip last week when Sharton broke, but uh, the the race before, this is only her third start, her first start, she had a really roughed-up trip, uh, getting pushed to the half in 53 and change at Hoosier Park, and I thought she hung in there pretty good to only lose by five lengths. So I kind of like her. Um, I think she's going to be prominent early, and speed seems to be holding a lot better later in this card. All right, race number 11, the Roses are red final is six minutes away. And I'll tell you what, guys, uh, what a competitive race uh, this uh, turns out to be. And listen, Garnett, this could actually be a profitable race. Uh, eight to one currently on Blue Moon on uh, Blue Moon Stride, who's your top selection here? I'm the, I'm the lone, only one. If you look at that board, I'm a lone wolf. And, uh... <laughs> Mike, are you watching this? He's the only one <laughs> with, with the, without the seven on top. But uh, you know what? He was the only. Let me tell you guys. He was the only one in the second race too. That horse was five to one on the board, and I was salivating. He went off nine to. He ended up. He was nine to five at post, and actually ended up going off seven to five. So you know, <laughs> I mean, don't don't ever underestimate. When you see Garnett's the lone wolf, run, don't walk. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, I, I want to point this out. My long bomb of the night for the program, one at three to five. The long bomb of the night, Mike. Long one, one, my long bomb well, of the who night. Is that? Who was your long shot of the night, Mike? Handelor, Hanover? No, it was Courtly <laughs> Choice, actually. <laughs> All right. They are getting ready to come onto the racetrack here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, I can actually, we're, we're watching the simulcast feed and the live feed. Uh, they're getting ready to walk the horses out here. As they go past us, Mike will talk about each horse um, in the field for the $370,000 Roses Are Red final. And as they walk by us, here's the field. Number one, Nike Franco, James King Jr. trains Doug McNair in the sulky, was third, finishing two and a half length behind, but closed home in a strong 26-2 and two last week. The two Lions, Lions River Pride, owned by Jeffrey Lyons Mound, trained by Bruce Goit and driven to, driven by uh, Jody Jameson. 51-1 to one currently on the board. Um, maybe not a bad one to put for fourth in your super here. She can sit a trip and come. Number three is Tequila Monday has won three of her last four starts for trader Hutter Oaks. Brett Miller gets the drive again. I was kind of impressed with her Roses are Red elimination, uh, uh, defeating the Jockey Club and Nike Franco back on June 9th. Fourth, Blazing Britches, owned by Emerald Highlands Farm, trained by Brian Brown, driven by David Miller. She couldn't have been more impressive last week, but she got some soft fractions. She'll probably get pushed more here. But uh, you know what? I used her on my pick four ticket. I like her regardless. Number five is your selection, Garnett, Blue Moon Stride. Blue Moon Stride is trained by Mark Carter. Corey Callahan is in the sulk. We we talked to Mark Carter and Corey Callahan earlier this week. They were very high on on this horse. 
Artistic Madison's The Six, owned by James Downer, trained by Carmen Asiello, who already has a winner tonight, driven by uh, Jonathan Drury, who already has a couple winners tonight. Um, she's currently 59-1 to one on the board. Number seven is Sharton, and Sharton has been absolutely dominant over her last couple of starts, but she hiccuped last week in the Rose Sir Red, making a break before the start, and then was placed. Jim King Jr. trains. Tim Tietrich is in the sulkiest. Sharton looks to rebound. Here's an interesting one here, number eight, Fire BA. Fire BA was, couldn't have been more impressive two weeks ago in the Phillies and Mary Preferred when she shipped in, and as a result went off at less than two to one last week. She finished fourth in her elimination, and suddenly you're getting 34 to one. This wouldn't be, <laughs> this isn't the worst horse to drop a deuce on in this race, trust me. Number nine is L.A. Delight. A ton of back-class Garnett for L.A. Delight. Uh, was second in the Roses Are Red last week to Blazing Britches. Nancy Johansson brings it in for driver Yannick Jingra. And the 10 is the Joy Luck Club, owned by R.A.W. Equine, Mark Horner, Greg McNair, trained by Greg, driven by Chris Christopheru. This one could be an interesting, uh, could have an interesting effect in this race, because I think she could be leaving hard. All right, that is the field for the 11th race. Mike, before we throw to you for our contest winner, Sharton is stepping onto the racetrack. Garnett, uh, is a little, she's a little bouncy, uh, but she doesn't look uh, really revved up, so to speak. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of how Tim uh, warms her up. I like to watch her head when uh, when they do the close-ups and try and see what she's looking at. And uh, um, she's, a, she's, a, she's a bit of a spooky horse. Like last week, she looked like she was getting spooked by a couple things out there, and she ran like secretariat when the gate opened. <laughs> All right, Mike, you're up. I just want to break, uh, make something to you guys, and I do want to announce the contest winner. We have that in just a second. But when Yannick Gingra was doing his on-track interview, when he was talking about Hanalore Hanover, and Garnett, I'm going to throw this to you. He brought up the point about Hanalore Hanover being a little steppy because of the big tote board there. I mean, when we talk about tote board, we're talking about the big jumbotron screen. And Hanalore right. Hanover was a little scared of that. Do you think maybe that could be the case with Sharton? I mean, it's possible. And, and the interesting thing for Hanalore is um, that's a new screen, right? Like she's seen the one that's in the infield right on the wire many times because she's raced there many times. I don't think she's ever lost here. But that's something new. And if it's something new that's in a different spot, Horses don't remember that. Horses remember everything. I don't know how many people know too much about they're, horses. They're, they're like wives. They remember everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> the wife doesn't know. Right. But uh, they remember everything, and they're creatures of habit, right? So that might be that might be a bit of a factor. And I don't remember that board being there last week when uh, Sharton broke at the start. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, that's a good point, Garnett. And like I said, I mean, Yannick brought it up about Hanalore Hanover. We know how much the ultimate professional Hanalore Hanover is. And a lot of these horses, uh, you know, I mean, we're not taking away anything from the talent aspect of the horses, but we're just saying that, hey, if you're not used to it, or if this is something new, I mean, listen, any bit of information that you can get as a handicapper to try to make a couple of bucks, I mean, you've got to take advantage of it. Speaking of making a couple of bucks, guys, we have our winner of a $25 win wager that I'm going to make for somebody through our sponsor, betamerica.com. And it is going to be on the Pepsi North America cup and the winner. We've had a lot of shares and a lot of retweets on our Facebook and Twitter. And the lucky winner is Andrew Bemke. So Andrew, if you're listening and you have to be listening Send me a private message or send us a private message here. Post time with Mike and Mike. Let me know hey, you're Matt. listening. Tell me who you want to bet, and we'll get it in. 
All right. So, Andrew and Bemke, give us, a, give us uh, your win wager, a $25 win wager on the Pepsi North America Cup. As we get ready for race number 11, we're going to take a look at the 12th race, the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup. We've got our trainer, Tony Alanya, with us, who trains Stay Hungry. Doug McNair picks up the drive once again. And, uh, Tony, what, what, first of all, what would it mean to win for the Canadian Connections, obviously? Uh, it'd be great for uh, a guy like Brad Grant. You know, he's Ontario-based. You know, he's put a lot into the industry uh, the last few years. You know, he's really invested heavily in the yearling program and bought a lot of horses. So, you know, to get a win for him locally would be just phenomenal. Now, Stay Hungry had to make up a lot of ground in a hurry. Uh, was 10 lengths off the lead when the gates opened. Looked like uh, Doug had to kind of remind him, you know, hey, to kind of go on a little bit. But at the top of the stretch, boy, did he fly home. Yeah, you know, he's very characteristic of his father in that respect, uh, you know, the, the way that uh, when he tripped out and he, he come, he come 100, you know, so he was a really, really good effort. And, uh, you know, like I said to people, you know, just a friendly reminder, it was just a second start back. So I thought it was a very big effort based on, uh, you know, just being a second start back. You know, that's kind of interesting that you say that second start back, uh, you qualified him, raced in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, then gave him a couple of weeks off to kind of, you know, come back into four. Is that what, what you were thinking to kind of give him a little bit of a rest? Yeah, you know, I didn't want to go into this race with too many starts because I never do uh, with a horse like him. Uh, Captain Treacher, same thing. You know, Art Speak, he was lucky enough to race in Jersey Sires before he came up here. Uh, Racing Hill had a couple overnights before he came up, but, you know, I didn't want to have much starts in him before I came up, and when I decided to qualify him on Lasix there at the Meadowlands, it worked out perfect. All right, Tony. Well, listen, good luck to you in the Pepsi North America Cup. It's going to be a fun race to watch, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back here uh, for the Winter Circle interview. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Trader Tony Alanya with a big chance to win the Pepsi North America Cup from post number two. And, Mike, uh, what kind of chance do you give Stay Hungry? Oh, I think Stay Hungry's got obviously a very big chance. I mean, you know, this is, uh, in my opinion, this is a wide-open race. I mean, you know, Lather Up obviously has been very good. Stay Hungry has been uh, very good. West Delight has been really good. And you know what? You said it in the open, Mike Carter, and I think you are spot on. This is one of the deepest Pepsi North America Cup fields that we have seen in an absolutely long time. But I'm going to tell you what, I think we're in for a thrilling finish. But once again, as a handicapper, you want to seek value in here because I think it's a wide open race. And I think uh, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, it's definitely a wide open affair. We haven't really touched on the Pepsi North American cup too much. Garnett, uh, obviously we're going to have some time. Uh, the race is not scheduled to go off until 1048. So it'll be interesting to uh, see what kind of post we, they throw, but Garnett, with it being so wide open, could you see any kind of a pace scenario setting up here? Is it one of those that kind of, you just got to sit and pray and uh, hope that nobody gets lost in the shuffle. I think it's possible somebody could get hung out the same way uh, same way it happened in, in uh, Wiggle It Jiggle. It's a North America Cup where he got he got pressed at just too fast a pace. I mean, you could see this is a this is a race uh, where you could see a winner slide up the inside in the stretch or something. Um, but uh, I think if there's any kind of flow, I re- I really do like Stay Hungry. I I just uh, the same way uh, Tony Alani just said he eats up ground so fast when they put him in the clear. That's uh, that's what I like the most about him. All right, they are getting ready to go up postward in the Roses Are Red. Let's go around the horn one more time with our selections, guys. And I have to take, I have to go with the value here, guys. The five Blue Moon Stride at five to one. And I think that's an excellent price uh, on Blue Moon Stride, Mike. 
Yeah, it's not a bad price on Blue Moon Stride at all. Absolutely, it would have been better. She would have been better at seven to one. I like Tequila Monday. I think she's very formful right now. Uh, I, I'm gonna tell you what. If you box a three five five three, I think that's a very good bet in here, guys. I'm gonna stick with Blue Moon Stride at five to one. I'm live with the four five seven on my pick four tickets, so I'll hope for her or Blazing Britches, hopefully. Listen, at least uh, at least you pronounced the horse's name right, Garnett. We didn't want any uh, wardrobe malfunctions. Well. Uh... I, I, I forget. I don't know what horse you called. I don't know what you called the Joy Luck Club when we were going through the <laughs> At least it wasn't like uh, Studio City a few years back. Ken Middleton has the call. The 11th race, the Roses Are Red final, live from Woodbine Mohawk Park. All right, countdown clock on my end, about 42 seconds. Let's send it to Ken Middleton, the voice of Woodbine Mohawk, for the call. The roses are red. Are red. Seven Chardon at three to five. She miscued in the first turn last week. Just fortunate to advance to tonight's final. A huge recovery for that pacing mare. Great season thus far. Ten wins from 13 starts. Public thinks she can get back on track tonight. She's the four to five favorite. Most time for race number 11. Here they come. They're often pacing, leaving out Hart down the center. Blazing Bridges going out with her Tequila Monday. Up in between horses early, Blue Moon Stride. Far outside is Sharpen out of trouble in the early going. Then it's back inside to Nike Franco, taking back his Lions River Pride. Further back we go to find L.A. Delight, then Artistic Madison, Firebee, and the Joy Luck Club is trailing. Into the opening turn, Blazing Bridges to the front, but under attack as Sharpen is rolling for T-Trick. Opening quarter is 25-4. and four. Uh, First turn, Smoke Show. And on the outside, T-Trick about to clear. As he puts the hustle on Sharton, she grabs the racetrack. Back into second now is Blazing Bridges. Right there with them from in third. Travels along Tequila Monday. Fourth to the inside. There's Blue Moon Stride. She gets underway for Callahan now. Like to try and fish out cover, but the bottom line is first overtime for Blue Moon Stride. Grabbing her cover, though, comes Lions River Pride. She's a towed-up fifth. Six foot up is Nike Franco. Seven into the flow comes L.A. Delight, then Artistic Madison. Firebee is shuffled towards the rail, and outside the Joy Luck Club, they've gone a 54-2 and two opening half. They head towards the far turn, and it's a battle of the green and golds here. Teetrick inside, Callahan is camped at his flank. Sharton leads the way. Pressure comes from Blue Moon Stride. Right there from in third is Blazing Bridges, gapping slightly on cover now. Lions River Pride from in fourth. That's going to hustle up Jingroff three wide from the backfield with L.A. Delight. They're at three quarters in 122, and they turn for home. Sharton lays it all on the line. Down the center, Blue Moon stride. L.A. Delight is cover closing up now. In between Tequila Monday. Sharton's still there. Outside, Blue Moon stride hangs tough. L.A. Delight, the grandstand side with a late push. Under a drive is Sharton in deep stretch. Sharton is still there. Sharton to win the Roses are red. A bounce back score for Sharton in 149-3. and three. By a, short, a big effort there by Sharton and Garnett. I tell you what, I almost had the trifecta, but what a big mile by the uh, five blue moon stride. I'll tell you what, one of these days she's going to win and pay monster odds. Yeah, she just needs, uh, when she comes against Sharton, I guess she just needs a little bit of a better trip, but they both raced huge. Sharton, uh, you know, either wins or breaks. 
Mike, what did you uh, what did you think here? Sharton looked much the best, uh, obviously out on the racetrack. You know, she looked a little bit, uh, you know, kind of behind the starting gate. But what did she bring back to here? Yeah, she sure did. I think the problem basically with Blue Moon Delight is she doesn't really have a whole lot of speed. So, I mean, finding position for her is usually tough. So she's either dependent on the flow or she's got to come first over like she did tonight. I mean, it was a great big effort. You know, Sharton, I'll tell you what, she had to work for that opening quarter. I mean, she was, you know, she was kind of drilled up top, but she hung in their game. I thought Tequila Monday raced very good. She got shuffled and it actually looked like she had more horse than it did, but she really hung late. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there is something with that. Right when she got around that big screen, that's when she kind of started uh, to not gain as much ground as she did. But nonetheless, Sharton was good. She was fantastic. And uh, hats off to her. I'll tell you what, the Kings got a great, great mare here. Hey, hey, Mike, is it Blue Moon Stride or Blue Moon Delight? <laughs> well, I was actually thinking about L.A. Delight. You know, L.A. Delight, by the way, guys, L.A. Delight is much too nice of a horse to go off at 39 to 1. I'm sorry. I mean, she's one of the top mares in this game, and for her to go off for 39 to 1 was, you know, and I know that's easy to say after the race. That might be a little bit of red boarding, but uh, nonetheless, I I thought she raced very well as well, but uh, give credit to Sharton. I think the Kings got a great, great mare here, and she answered up the challenge, and I'll tell you what, she quieted the critics like myself here tonight. (laughs) She was amazing, and uh, actually, I called LA Delight the winner turning for home. Obviously, I was wrong, but I thought she had the momentum, and maybe they were starting to tire a bit up front, but uh, it takes a lot to beat this mare. It's almost like she can only beat herself because that was not an easy trip at all, and she still dug in and win the race in, in 49 and a piece, and she's just – right now she's just uh, head and shoulders the best, I think, because if uh, if that trip couldn't get her beat, the only thing that beats her is herself when she breaks stride, I think. All right, guys. Well, the 12th race is coming up next. It's the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup. We'll have more from Mohawk Racetrack in just a moment. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for our championship meet that is highlighted on July 14th with Crawford Farms, Meadowlands Pace, and then wraps up on August 4th with our prestigious Pembletonian. Join us for promotion pack Friday and Saturday nights with post time at 7.15. Test your skills and take a shot at the survivor wager for added gambling fun. For more info, go to playmeadowlands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org.
by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich and the gang. We'll get to the official prices here momentarily, but a man that is super busy is Jason Portwando, and Jason is doing the TSN broadcast here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Listen, I saw you in jeans earlier. I thought you had the night off. <laughs> well, that's because later I'm going to be jumping on the sulky, right? So I can't have the nice suit pants and get them all messed up. So jeans on the bottom, suit, tie on top. Simple as that. Now talk to us about the racing so far, what you've seen, and uh, who you like in the Pepsi North America Cup. Well, that's the problem with doing these shows is that I haven't really had a chance to watch a lot of the races, but I did see Sharton just win moments ago on the front end. Look like every horse had every shot to go by, but she's just so good. So uh, I, I think it's been sort of favoring off-the-pace horses. It's going to be very intriguing when we get to the actual big race itself. I've gone lather up, but uh, you know what? I went five deep in terms of my pick four. <laughs> they go, that goes to just how deep a race it is. All right, Jason, we got to let you get back to work. I know you're busy, but uh, listen, you do a great job here, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you back here soon. Yeah, good to see you guys up here, yeah. and uh, appreciate the time. Thanks, Jason. All right, well, we know uh, Joanne Looney King and Tim Teacher are going to make their way back with uh, Jessica Otten, but uh, we have a really special guest. Who, look at the ears you got on here. Heather Vitale joining the other post-time program. I think, you know, we might have stole your uh, stole your name there a little bit, but uh, obviously you have to be uh, happy with the way uh, Sharton performed here tonight. I'm absolutely thrilled. I was a little worried about that first quarter, but you know what? Uh, David Miller is an exceptional driver, and he knew what he was doing to sting Chartin, you know, and Tim Tietrich. We did it in 2015 when Wakasashi Hanover beat Wiggle It Jiggle It. You know what I mean? So um, great drive um, by Tim Tietrich just keeping her together tonight. Pepsi North America Cup is up next. Uh, who do you like? Oh, my gosh. I was afraid you were going to say that. Well, okay, this is the deal. I got to go with Lather Up because he is Delaware Connections. Lost in time. I'm a huge Ric Flair fan. And you woo! But Tony Alanya is one of my BFFs, so stay hungry. Oh, um, okay. It's the Lather Up. I'll go with Lather Up. <laughs> All right, Heather. Well, listen, congratulations with your victory with Sharton, and we'll see you back here uh, soon. Thank you, Mike. Mike Bozich, Heather Vitale joining the program, and boy, was uh, she thrilled about the victory with Sharton. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she should be. I, I think Sharton performed admirably well. And by the way, right now, as we speak, I am placing through our great sponsor, our title sponsor of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Bet America, I am placing Andrew Bemke's $25 win bet on number two, stay hungry for the Pepsi North America Cup. So good luck, Andrew. We appreciate you sharing our stuff. And you know what? This is a, this is a pretty good promotion. I think we should do this a little bit more often. I, I love it. It's a great promotion and uh, something fun to do. We're 17 minutes away from the Pepsi North America Cup. I don't know who let this guy in the building, but, man, boy, did he drive uh, extremely well. He's with Jess Gotten for the Winter Circle interview, Mr. Tim Tietrich. Hey, guys, I'm here with Tim Tietrich, winner of the Roses Are Red final. Tim, talk to us a little bit about leaving the gate. Last week you had a little bit of trouble. This week you kind of knew what was going to go on. Well, I never know what's going to go on to, to total facts. But, uh, you know, last week she just got a little claustrophobic in there, and she's done it a few times. But, you know, she's a good man. She bounces right back. She did it after the, in the matchmaker up in Yonkers. And, you know, she's, uh, she's going to do her job. She's a very talented mayor. What were your, what were your thoughts coming to the three-quarter poll? Um, you know, I, I put a lot of trust in my mare, and when I've had her on the front, she will go loose line and really relax, which is a good at, attribute that she does have. 
but it, it's a long stretch, you know. Can she still carry it? There's some nice mares chasing her, but uh, luckily uh, we got the job done. Well, congratulations and thank you for your time, Tim Tejic, everyone. Tim, before you walk away, obviously the uh, the big race is up next, the 12th race, the Pepsi North America Cup. You drive done well, uh, who currently opened up at four to one, uh, the same as the morning line was second, just missed to stay hungry. What kind of chance do you give done well? I think he's got a big chance. Uh, they changed the bridle on him. You know, I think if he could have seen that horse last week, uh, the tables could have turned. And you know, it's uh, really is a second hard start this year. This week, this year. So uh, I think he'd be stretched out and tight. And I think you're going to see a good effort out of this horse. Now, listen, we just talked to Heather Vitali, and uh, she mentioned the whole, you know, staying a little bit here. You know, they tried to sting, what have you. Obviously, the same move that you pulled with Wakazashi hit over. The speed on this racetrack here tonight has just been, you know, it's been kind of hit or miss. The closers are doing well. The speed horses are doing well. What would be the dream trip for you if you could kind of plan it out the way you wanted it to? I'd love to be second over, three quarters around 121, you know, and, uh, you know, have uh, Teague's horse get beat up a little bit. And I could be second over with live cover, and that would be my dream trip. But uh, sometimes they were hard to get. Listen, you've got the T-Trick versus T-Trick Pro-Am coming up at Scioto Downs on a Tuesday. And, uh, you know, listen... I'll be out there. We'll, we'll be cheering uh, Trace on because that's my team. We're Team Trace around here. No, I'm kidding. But uh, good luck on Tuesday, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's for a good cause. Hopefully everybody comes out. We get a good uh, turnout for the event, and hopefully we raise some money for some good causes. All right, driver Tim Tietrick, the driver of Done Well, the driver of Sharton Mike. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, a man that never uh, is at a loss for words, guys. No, you're certainly right about that. Montreal Teague now uh, talking to uh, the guys at Woodbine. I was kind of listening to that interview as well as uh, uh, Timmy that you just had. Uh, is Garnett still in the building or is he cashing it? <laughs> Garnett wishes he was cashing it. Uh, he hadn't cashed one all night. I cashed one on uh, I cashed a very good one on Sintra there, uh, Mr. Carter. But uh, I'm hoping it could be cashing the pick four after this race. They don't pay huge, but I can make a profit. So we'll see what happens. Garnett, listen, you've been around horses, and I do have to ask you this question. Uh, It says in the uh, equipment changes, I know Tim touched on it a little bit. Maybe you can give us a little bit more of an insight. But it says on the equipment changes that uh, his horse is going from blind to blinkers. Okay, now a two-part question as a handicapper. Number one, what does that mean to us, maybe the, the layman that's not really too familiar with that? And number two, as a handicapper, do you put a lot of emphasis on some of these equipment changes as they scroll across our screen as changes? Well, hopefully I'm not wrong, but the way I understand it is they work similar to uh, blinkers on for a thoroughbred. So I think this horse is going to be leaving a little bit harder than uh, maybe he did last week. And, uh, you know, then I think you've got to factor that into uh, the, the overall, the whole overall shape of the race, right? Whether you think uh, him leaving uh, is good for him or could set something up for somebody else. But I think you're going to see Tim leaving probably trying to get out maybe fourth or fifth and, and work out that second over trip that he was just talking to us about a few minutes ago. Garnet uh, right. in general. I mean, when you're, I'm sorry, Mike, but Garnet in general, when you're handicapping a race, uh, how, how do you kind of see equipment changes? Does that kind of figure into your handicapping at all? Or does it kind of depend on who the trainer is or, or how are we supposed to attack that as handicappers? I think, uh, like I was just saying, I think you got to factor in, um, you know, certain certain changes mean certain things. Like the blinkers on means the horse is going to leave a little bit harder, or if you take them off, maybe they're going to sit off the pace a little bit, uh, sit off the pace a little bit more. So, I think uh, I take it. I, what I do is I try to factor it into how the overall shape of the race is going to go, and which horses are going to leave, which aren't, and try and kind of figure out how the trip's going to work out from there. 
All right, guys, we are 13 minutes away from the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup. Jessica is running around trying to get us another interview, but it is the time for the 12th race. Six to five of the four lather up. I am extremely surprised here, Garnett. 16 to one on West Delight. Huge overlay here. I think so. Um, you know what? Jody's horse is, is okay from the rail St. Lads Neptune. I think he's got a shot, but I think West Delight's got just as much of a shot. So if you're going to take nine... If you were going to take a, a price, why wouldn't you take the sixteen to one over the nine to one? Yeah, for sure. I could totally, uh, I could totally uh, see the reason for that kind of a wager, sixteen to one over nine to one. Here comes the man of the hour, my friend uh, Montrell Teague. And Montrell, listen, we talked at the start of the show a little bit um, about the last Pepsi North America Cup with Wiggly Jiglet. It's not very often you get a second chance at these things. Uh, lather up. I've watched him race on the Ohio Sire Stakes circuit. Boy, what a racehorse you guys have. Yeah, he's been good so far. Uh, you know, I, I learned from my mistakes, hopefully, and uh, maybe we can work out a trip this time and have a different result. Now, listen, uh, obviously, you come into this race, currently the 7-5 to five favorite, and I'll tell you what, he's a horse that's got a lot of speed, kind of like Wiggle Jiggle did, and, you know, that's one thing about him. He can kind of get to the front and just kind of cruise on the front end. Yeah, having a four-hole, I can actually uh, look over to the left and right and see who's, who wants to be aggressive at the first beginning and just pick my uh, – pick my uh, pick my poison and see what I want to do. So now listen, I got to ask you an, a serious question here. Where do you guys get these bred horse at horses at? We don't, I've never heard of pocket comb, be, pocket comb before. Where do you guys get these things at? man? That was uh Gary Isles, uh broomer. I think she's about the same age as me. And um, <laughs> she might've passed away, but at least she threw a good one before she did. Well, listen, you've got a great Ohio bred on your hands. Obviously, the Ohio breeding program uh, is just flourishing right now. Hopefully, you bring home a uh, win for the uh, state of Ohio. Yeah, I hope so. You're not and a Michigan. Delaware. You're not a Michigan fan, I hope. No. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> we're going to have major issues if you are. All right, buddy. Well, hopefully, we'll be seeing you back here in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Hope so. All right. Thanks, Montrell. Thanks. Driver Montrell Teague. Boys and girls, uh, back in front of us, and you, you heard him allude to it, uh, Garnett. He he said he learned from his mistakes uh, a few years ago. Uh, he was really stung to a twenty-five and one opening quarter in the Pepsi North America Cup of twenty fifteen. The thing is, uh, I think he's I think he, he may be being a little bit hard on himself. I'm not even really sure there was any kind of a mistake made there. It's just that a horse got hung out that was sixty to one or something, and you know he. I mean, you you know when you. Put, when you're driving a horse like Wiggle or Jiggle It that appears to be much the best, you dri- you're supposed to drive like you're the best, right? Not try to go for a trip. So I don't know if he made any mistakes there. Any other prices that you kind of, as you're looking at the board here, uh, uh-huh. obviously 4-1 to one on the 7 done well. That's expected, as the uh, odds uh, say. But uh, they are stepping onto the racetrack here, Garnett. And let's, we're going to meet and greet the field. We're going to kind of do this a little bit differently. Uh, we've got some fact sheets here on each of the horses. Um, I'm going to do the odd horses, uh, Garnett. Uh, well, we'll, we'll kind of just go back and forth. Because yeah, yeah. it seems like all the good horses got the uh, even post. But number one, stepping out of the racetrack now, is St. Lad's Neptune. St. Lad's Neptune is owned by Carl Jamison, Jody Jamison, and Maneri Racing. 5-4-11, for 3 in the win column this season. $43,900 made. One, first four starts of his career, including two Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots, grassroots events. And he finished ninth in the Metro Pace Final last year. Tra- Excuse me. Um, Driver Jody Jamison this season has 82 victories and 701 starts and has 7,700 career wins as of June 10th. 
the two stay hungry, a bay colt by some beach somewhere, obviously a famous winner of this race, owned by Brad Grant of Milton, Irvin, Irwin Samelman of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, stay hungry is the winner of the Breeders' Crown last year, second in the Governor's Cup. He was a very smart elimination winner last week, driven by local Doug McNair, trained by Tony Alanya, and uh, Stay Hungry is a five, was a five-time winner last year in his rookie season, and he is currently the strong second choice of three to one. At fifteen to one is the three West Delight, who is owned by Rick Phillips, Dina Frost, and Mark Harder. Was bred in Maryland by the Windback Farm. The uh, driver tonight will be Corey Callahan. Trainer Mark Harder won a division of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes on August seventh of last year for the first win of his career. Currently this year, he's won a slew of races, including a Pepsi North America Cup elimination. Driver Corey Callahan to date has five thousand seven hundred nineteen wins. The four lathered up a big colt by I'm Gorgeous, who is still racing in Ohio, incidentally. He is owned by Gary and Barbara Isles of Harrington, Delaware. He has a lifetime mark of 149-1 that he took here at Mohawk Park two starts back. He's uh, at uh, two. He set a track record of 151 in Ohio Sire Stake Division on August 21st at Seattle Downs, kind of giving us a hint of things to come. He's five for five this year, and you heard Montreal Teague say that uh, he may be looking to work out a little bit of a trip this time instead of trying to maybe dominate and get picked off. Next is the five American history currently at 17 to one bred and owned by the Brittany farms, LLC, Marvin Katz and American history racing one for three in 2018, four for eight in his career, a mark of 149 and one at Vernon downs was purchased for $150,000 at the 2016 Lexington selected yearling sale. Trainer Tony Alanya is very high on American history. An American history is driven by Yannick Jingra, who has 6,771 victories and is trying to win this race at age 38. The Six Horse Lost in Time, a rock and roll dance bay colt owned by Diamond Creek Racing, J&T Silva Stables, William Rufinock, and Rick Flair Stables. <laughs> Lost in Time started his career as two in a $750 race at Hicksville Fair in Ohio. And three starts later was the winner of the $816,000 Metro Pace. Uh, he's been somewhat indistinguished at three, but he may, he's had some issues. And, you know, Jimmy Tactor said that, uh, on, you know, how he stacks up in this race, he said that he knows his speed and ability. I've seen the eliminations, and he knows that if he gets them right, he could definitely be a major player. He's driven by Scott Zeron. Number seven is done well. Owned by James Stambaugh, the Wingfield Brothers, LLC, Milton Lehman, and Alan Keith. Training is Brian Brown, Tim Tietrich in to drive. Brian Brown looks for back-to-back Pepsi North America Cups after winning with Fear the Dragon last year. Was beat ahead in his Pepsi North America Cup elimination last week after suffering a season-ending injury last year in early August. Driver Tim Tietrich, who is 36 years old, currently has 10,321 wins and just one with Sharton. Number eight, Nutcracker Suite, owned by Howard Taylor and Order by Stable and Richard Lombardo. Nutcracker Suite is winless in three starts in 2018, but at two, he won his career debut at the Meadowlands, finished second in two Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, and was third in the Metro Elimination, sixth in the final. Another horse trained by Hall of Famer Jimmy Tactor, driven by 
That's not that's not that, that's not right. Yeah, they they <laughs> Nutcracker Suite driven by David Miller. The sheets okay. we have uh, aren't a hundred percent updated. The next is Hayden the Hand over the nine. Currently at 47 to 1. 0 for 3 in the win column this year is owned by Pinsky Stables and James Simpson, bred by Hitover Shoe Farms Incorporated. A mark of 150 at age 2 at the Red Mile was purchased for $85,000 at the 2016 Harrisburg Yearling, Yearling Sale and was the fourth foal from champion mayor Hannah Hanover, who made $1.2 million. Raced in five consecutive Pennsylvania Saturday events and finished fifth in the Breeders' Crown Elimination to complete the rookie season was finished third, but only beat a length in the Pepsi at North America Cup. Elimination driver Andy Miller drives at the age of 49, has 8,984 career wins. And rounding up the field for this year's North America Cup is the 10 Hitman Hill, owned by Tom Hill and North Fork, North Fork Racing Stable. <laughs> Hitman Hill made all seven starts in New York Sire Stakes events at two, and he started off with a six-race six win streak, including a 154 mile in his second start. He's driven by Brent Miller tonight and trained by Chris Oaks. Hitman Hill is currently 79 to 1 on the board. That is the field for the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup. We're going to take a 30 second timeout. When we come back, we'll get into the Pepsi North America Cup. We will have no more commercial interruption until after the race is complete. 30 seconds. We'll be back on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. edition of post time with mike and mike presented by bet america mike carter alongside of mike bozich garnett barnsdale jess scott and all on site here at woodbine at mohawk park mike uh one thing about this post parade they kind of have done it uh kind of like the uh, gold cup and saucer they brought him out stopped him in front of the uh, stands and uh you know let the fans take a good look at him and i'll tell you they're probably what do you say garnett about 50 or 60 deep off the rail it's uh there's a huge crowd I can't tell because I can't see a space. It's just a <laughs> sea of people. Mike, I tell you what, what a field we have to look forward to in the Pepsi North America Cup. And uh, like I said, like the Gold Cup and Saucer, they make this a premier event. Yeah, they sure do. And, uh, you know, when you get down to handicapping, guys, when you get down to handicapping a race like this, um, I think it's tough. I mean, I think that it's wide open but maybe not as wide open like as we have to really dig deep for like a 70 to one or a 40 to one or, or anything like that. But I mean, as wide open as I think a horse that lost in time at 14 to one, may be good value. I think Tim Tietrick laid out a lot of hints. He sounded really confident to me when you guys asked him about done well, this is a horse that barely lost to stay hungry. And I thought really raced well in the eliminations, but you know what? Eliminations. How much stock 
are we to put in eliminations? I mean, honestly, it's gotten to a point to where, as a handicapper, I have found a lot of success in just pretending that eliminations don't even happen and just kind of put a red line through that and handicap the second race below. What do you think about that, Garnett? How much stock are we to put in eliminations or, you know, like a lot of things in this game, does it just depend? Well, uh, you know, uh, for this race, um, you got to – you win and you pick your post, right? So it's a little bit different. But when it's an open draw, I, I think it's a bit of a cat and mouse game of who can save the most horse for next week. <laughs> but it's a little bit different when you pick your post. So I think I could take these ones a little bit more at face value. But you want to be looking for somebody who had a troubled trip who might get a better trip this week maybe, and there's a price. Yeah, Mike, it's, it's tough to look at an elimination. I think Garnett and I are, are, are pretty much feel the same way about eliminations. Uh, you can't really put too much stock in them, especially the way they were drawn last week, Mike. And I think you might agree with me there. The way they were drawn, it seemed like the, um, you know, it, it was kind of stacked a little bit. Uh, the lost in time elimination uh, was obviously stacked with uh, competitors. It almost looked like, Garnett, the Pepsi North America Cup. For sure. And uh, they're saying zero minutes to post here. We're seeing a few horses go by. There goes Lather Up. He's not lathered up. So uh, he's looking pretty good. Uh, what, what else Let's see. see we, got, we got five to one, or excuse me, five minutes to post, according to the board. Uh, nine, Hayden Hanover going by. The three, West Delight uh, coming by us now. Garnett, thoughts? Looks sharp. Looks very sharp. Straight as an arrow. Um, willing. But... <laughs> coming by us now is the uh, 10, Hitman Hill. Uh, Hitman Hill has driver Brett, the Hitman Miller. Um, you know, as he turns him now, let's kind of see what he looks like uh, as they go by us. Um, the 10 Hitman Hill currently on the board at 84 to 1. It's going to be a uh, tough, tough trip for Hitman Hill. Somebody had to draw post 10. Unfortunately, it was him. I think the Hitman's looking to follow and maybe uh, pick up a check. I, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine winning this race, but, you know, if he's. Uh, he follows. A few guys go outside. He zigs when they zag. He might be able to pick up fourth or fifth. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility. Number four, lather up on the TV screen. Boy, does he look like Wiggle It Jiggle That's a problem for me. Uh, you know, that head is bouncing a little bit. Maybe I could be a little wrong here, but I'm not impressed with the way the four lather up looks. I don't know. I thought he looked okay. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm impressed by it, but I don't think there's anything really wrong with him on the track. Here comes American history. He looks keyed up. I think uh, American history might be leaving here. What do you think? Taking a look at him. Yeah, taking a look at him. He could very well leave. Here's Tim Tietrich on the seven. And I'll tell you what, Man. done well, looks sharp. Wow. Listen, everybody else went by here. They had a little bit of sweat on them. He looks dry as any, uh, dry as a bean almost. He uh, looks like a million bucks, which is really the purse does. of the race. I think uh, from, what I've, from, what I'm, from what I'm looking at, he, he's the best looking horse out there by far. And at five to one, man, I, I might be grabbing some of that. Number eight, Nutcracker Sweet. We talked to David Miller earlier. He looks good on the racetrack. It's going to be a little bit of a tough effort from here. Only lost by a neck to West Delight. But again, I have to go back to the elimination last week. That elimination was very, very soft. So I don't know that you could put too much stock into that. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, for me, from what from the way those races went and from what I see of these horses on the track, I think I honestly think the best of seven horse here, even though, in my uh, DRF, I picked the two to win the race. Mike, any last-minute thoughts here? 
they showed Dunwell uh, on the TV about a minute or two after you guys talked about him, and, uh, yeah, he looks fantastic on the track. And, you know, Tim Tiedrick sounded really confident, like I said, when you guys interview on a, right after the last race. And, you know, you got the a little bit of equipment change. You know, you've got a great trainer, Brian Brown, who has won everything over the last couple of years. You know, I picked number six lost in time in the handicapper's corner. I, I'm i going to stay by that. I think, you know, this horse has shown speed at different points of the mile, so I think he might be ready to pop. But seven, done well, is a saver. I think might be worth it here. Maybe a six, seven box. Uh, I don't know. You guys, uh, lather up's perfect five for five. You guys don't think he looks all that good in the post parade, so, or in the warm-ups, rather. So, you know, I mean, we'll try to bet against him. I mean, right now he's he's uh, he's a prohibitive favorite. Let's try to beat him. Listen, I'll tell you who's got the value right now, Garnett, and I think you could agree with me here. The three, West Delight, not taking any play at all at 17-1. to 1. I'm very surprised by that. No, I'm going to disagree and tell you the value is the seven or has done well at five to one. <laughs> hey, listen, I just put my trifecta ticket in. So, uh, you know, I, I think the seven done well has a big chance here. I really liked what Tim Tietrich had to say. I think all around here, we all pretty much liked uh, what Tim Tietrich had to say. The board to my right says two minutes away from the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup. They show lather up there. Stay hungry. He looks a little bit washed out uh, on the racetrack. Garnett, what do you think? He looks, uh, he looks very calm, though, uh, ready for action. They all, you know, there's a bunch of them look washy. It's very muggy here. There's mosquitoes out, which I don't like. But uh, maybe the two best-looking horses are uh, the seven, uh, Dunwell, and the six who just went by there, uh, lost in time. He looks pretty sharp. The five American history doesn't look all that bad uh, on the racetrack either. They're showing um, number eight now, Nutcracker, sweet. Now to number nine, Hayden Hanover. This is the first look we've had at Hayden Hanover, Garnett. Uh, he looks good on the racetrack, a very nice-looking animal. He is. Um, I think he's hard to get across at 79 no, to 1. No, I agree. But you know what? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if one of these long bombers slides into fourth or something in the Super. All right, guys, we are less than 60 seconds away from the Pepsi North America Cup. And uh, I'll tell you what, you cannot move on the apron, Mike Bozich. There is not a place to stand. Um, The TV crew that is here, TSN, they have a long arm that's kind of fanning over the crowd right now. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, what a scene and what a spectacle it is. This is my first Pepsi North America Cup, and I'll tell you what, I can't wait to get back. Yeah, this is good stuff, guys. And and I do want to say one thing, too. There are three more races after this, including that big high five must go in the 15th. So, you know, once this race is over, you know, you're going to kind of want to stay tuned to the Woodbine uh, Mohawk program because there's still some opportunities to win some big money after this one. All right, let's send it upstairs to Ken Middleton with a live call. It's the 35th Pepsi North America Cup live from Woodbine Mohawk Park. Starting gate is rolling, and the horses are moving in now, lining up for tonight's 12th race, 35th edition of the Pepsi North America Cup. Four to five, and favorite as they go in behind the gate is Lather Up, riding that impressive five-race winning streak coming in for trainer Clyde Francis and teamster Montreal Teague. Second choice at seven to two, the two stay hungry. Canada's top two-year-old pacing cold of the season last year, winning six of nine. The gate swings to the top of the stretch here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Ten of the sport's finest three-year-old pacing Colts and Geldings in behind the gate now. And the gate swings into the stretch. The million-dollar Pepsi North America Cup final. 
moments away from a start. Here they come. They're off and pacing, leading out hard at the inside, the tandem of West Delight and Lather Up. St. Lance Neptune will size them up from the inside, and here from the outside comes Dunwell. Lather up to the top for T. Into the pocket spot, there's West Delight in for that beautiful trip into the turn. Outside from in third is Dunwell marching up here for Teacher, who chases him along now. St. Lance Neptune up close early from in fourth. With a tuck into fifth goes Stay Hungry. Going to be caught wide. Sixth outside is Nutcracker Sweet. Then in traffic is American History. Towards the rail is Hayden Hanover. The final two are lost in time and inside to Hitman Hill. 26-3 and three the opening quarter, and it's Teague with the give and go. Teacher to the front for a couple of strides with Dunwell. Well, but right back around for the retake comes Lather Up, and Lather Up finds the front. Lather Up in charge now. The ball's in his court as they move up to the midway point. Back into second is Dunwell. Sitting along third now there inside is West Delight, and they really get jammed up there. Tietrick all over Teague, and Callahan was all over Tietrick's back. A 54 and 1 opening half. They head towards the far turn. On top here, it's still Lather Up on top by a length and a half. Pressure coming on the outside, though, from long shot Nutcracker Sweet. Back in third is done well. Advancing on cover fourth now. Stay Hungry is perfectly positioned if good enough. Back there fifth inside now to West Delight on cover sixth is American History. St. Lad's Neptune is trapped in. Outside of him comes Lost in Time and they put it all on the line at three quarters in 121 and three. Into the stretch they come and it's Lather Up still there. A length in front. Nutcracker Sweet on the outside determined to track him down. Pocket sitter is done well. Outside off cover now. Stay Hungry. Deep stretch lead. Lather up, pouring it on. He's three lengths on top here, and they're not going to catch him. Lather up continues to roll, and he's rolled to a Pepsi North American Cup. Triumph for Teague in 148 and 1. Montrell Teague gets his second chance at a Pepsi North American Cup, and Garnett Barnsdale, he did not waste any time. It was T-Trick versus Teague, just like 2015. Well, if there was any doubt uh, that this horse was tons the best. It was just a race in my mind because that wasn't real. That wasn't an easy trip. He's full value for cutting those fractions. Fifty-four and one going out, uh, fifty-four flat coming home. Tons the best. Open length winner. There's not much more you can really say. What a race by the four lather up. One by three and a half, probably four lengths on the line. You see Montrell there. Take a look back. Make sure that nobody else was going to come at him. That was a, that was a, that was a pretty smart move, if you ask me. For sure. And then uh, for good measure, he did the, uh, I guess, the redemptive fist <laughs> pump at the end. Uh, that's going to make for a great win photo. Listen, my, uh, my, my trifecta here might come back about five bucks. I spent 19 trying to catch a little bit of a price. I was hoping Dunwell could get back to lather up. And as he comes back in front of us here, number four, Montrell Teague and lather up to meet Jason Portwando and TSN. Mike, uh, how did you see it from your end, buddy? Well, I saw Lather Up dominated. I think there's a couple of horses that you can take from a handicapping point of view going forward. I think Lost in Time was lost in a in a stale cover flow there. It was just way too far back. Put a, a tremendous rally in. Um, you know, no excuse for, for Dunwell. I mean, he was used a little bit early, but, I mean, Lather Up was, was simply the better horse here, guys. I mean, I don't think from a handicapping point of view that it was a, a bad thing to try to play against him. But, uh, you know, hey, Lather Up uh, walked the walk and talked the talk, and, and he was the real deal here tonight. Listen, I sat here, Garnett, going back and forth on whether to use him on top, and I said for four extra bu- – I think it was like three eighty, three dollars and eighty. dollars uh, $3.80 more, you could have added the four on top. So I left him on top. Boy, am I glad I did. 
Yeah, I cashed the whopping seventy-six dollar pick four, but uh, I only spent thirty-six to get it, so it was no, not much different than betting thirty-six to win on this horse, I guess. I tell you what, what a great win for the state of Ohio, guys. Ohio bred. There is no breeding here whatsoever. I'm gorgeous. Is still racing. Pocket comb. I've never even heard of pocket comb. Uh, I'm not even sure Montreal has heard of pocket comb. Mike, I'm gorgeous. Is racing at Northfield Park coming up later this week. I'll tell you what, where they get these horses, the Teagues, I'll never know. Well, here's one of the great things about owner Gary Isles that a lot of people don't know. Gary Isles, uh, longtime Delaware guy, is a barber by trade, a longtime barber. And pretty much every horse that Gary Isles has or bred is named somehow after the activities of a barber shop. So <laughs> lather up one of those horses that is named after the activities of a barber shop. So hats off to Gary Isles. Great, great guy. I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of times at uh, at Harris Philadelphia and in uh, Dover Harrington. Great, great guy. Hats off to him. Wait till you see this crowd in the winter circle. Garnett and I have a, a dead shot right at the winter circle. I can't see anybody. I don't know where Jessica is. I don't know where Kate is. I don't know where anybody is, Garnett. No, it's uh, it looks like half the crowd's out there. But uh, you know what? I mean, it's a it's a great uh, feeling of redemption for Montreal. I I think, like I said earlier, I think he was still being even a little bit hard on himself. I'm not sure what mistake he made trying to send the best horse to the front uh, in that race. It just didn't play out properly. But you know what? He knew he had the best one here, and he made sure he took it. He made a retake right away. Uh, solid fractions all the way. Listen, it's a twenty uh, twenty six and three, then another twenty seven and three. Then uh, the third quarter was 27 and two, and then he comes home in 26 and three. So there's no real breathers there. I no, mean, it's just the best all. horse dominating, um, you know. And uh, I think this horse tipped his hand at how good he could really be. Uh, most people I don't, probably don't know. Three starts back in, in a non-winners of five race here, he got pushed to the half by a horse that was hung the whole way in 54 and four, and he just laughed at him and won in 49 and one. Three starts back with the with the consummate. It was the easiest win you've ever one forty nine to one win you've ever seen. So that kind of gave an indicator of what he could do. And tonight he showed even more. Listen, guys, I'm watching the hugs to Montreal Teague. I just saw George give his son a, a hug. Garnett, you you've watched uh, Nick kind of grow up uh, not only around the sport but just in general. Um, you know, do certain things. How proud do you think uh, as a father? Does it, what does this mean to him? Wow, it's just uh, yeah. I mean. I, I don't even think he can explain it. I think he, maybe we can ask George, but uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a huge day, you know, to win the race and have your son drive the horse and, and be that dominant. has got to be the best feeling in the world. The Pepsi North American Cup is official. We'll have your return prices here in just a few minutes. Garnett, I might get my uh, $16 back. That looks like a four-digit total out there. 20 cent try, 13.22. I wow. listen the three dollars I was going to leave out. I just, I, I just missed. You five. are a big uh, roller. Boy, did I a, get lucky. You are a big roller, Michael Carter. Boy, did I get lucky out of that one. Thirteen dollars and twenty-two cents, Mike Bozich. Well, listen, we're going to take a short timeout. When we come back, we'll have winners circle reaction. We've got another hour of this show, guys. We're going to take it right up to the super high five, which will pay out in race number fifteen. We'll be right back. 
Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there. Four is again, dead game. Clear vision, looking on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Four is again, and Pit Rock together. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Mike Bozich back in the post time with Mike and Mike Studios. We're going to send it back out to Mike Carter in a moment. Just wanted to give you the prices. Lather up wins at 320. The exact is $17.20 with seven Dunwell finishing second. We'll have more of those prices in a moment right now. Let's send it back to the guys live on site at Woodbine, Mohawk, Garnet, Barnsdale, Jessica Otten, and of course, Michael Carter. Guys, take it away. Lather up in 148 and 1 as they walk the horse back now uh, towards us. Garnett, 48 and 1, a big mile for a three year old. They're going some good miles here tonight, but like I said, he was full value. I mean, when you go out in 54 and 1 and you come back in 54, I mean, <laughs> there's not much more you can say, especially when the horse dominated. As they bring Lather up uh, back in front of us here, we're going to wait for uh, trainer uh, Clyde Francis, George Teague, Montreal Teague, all the gang. Uh, but boy, does he look good. He doesn't even look like uh, he just put in a mile of 48 and uh, 48 and one. He looks ultra sharp here on the he does. Or, uh, coming back towards us, Garnett. He does. He's not lathered up at all. He's only lather up and <laughs> he's only lather up in name. All right. Well, the uh, super effective for a dollar, come back $220.15. Pick three, $9.85. Uh, the price is just going away. Um, there we'll have winner's circle reaction here momentarily. Just gotten is going to grab somebody from the winner's circle. Uh, we have a, meanwhile, we have another race coming up guys. It's the 13th race here at Woodbine Mohawk park. But as we kind of watch the replay here, Garnett, let's kind of go through, uh, kind of go through the race a little bit. Uh, it was a hot, uh, pretty hot opening quarter, but not nearly as hot as we've seen tonight. 26 and three. I uh, didn't seem that fast. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think Tietrich wanted to get hung out there. He had a chance there to drop into the three hole, but he probably realized they weren't really going that fast. So he urged Dunwell to the front. 
and he makes Frontier just right at about the quarter, maybe a couple strides past. Montrell's having none of it. You can see he's already steering his horse to the outside as Tietrich's going by. Um, that was an immediate retake. He knew exactly what he was going to do at, You know, when Tietrich uh, got up beside him, takes over, retakes the lead, and really from there from there on, it was just a tour de force, honestly. Like, I mean, this horse was... This was one of the most dominating uh, North America Cup performances, really. Now, Nutcracker Sweet got sort of hung on the outside there, Garnett, and Stay Hungry uh, tried to follow that cover. But as Ken Middleton said, they all kind of got jammed up around that last turn. Uh, you know, I, I think obviously that, you know, kind of affected, you know, how the things kind of went. But Stay Hungry at this point is uh, gapping probably, what, two lengths off of Nutcracker Sweet, a length and three quarters, something along those lines. And Nutcracker Sweet at, at this point of the race looks like a strong contender. You know, I couldn't believe it. he kept coming. Even when they turned for home, he got up really right alongside Lather up um, before the winner spurted away. But Stay Hungry is only about two lengths back there. He's got his shot. You can see uh, when when Montreal asked this horse to go. I mean, look at his mane is just uh, you know <laughs> he he has the appearance of a horse that's going really fast. You you know who didn't advance like I thought he would was the seven done well when Tietrich went to the whip. He just did not respond at all. But the six lost in time. Boy, did he. You know, he showed up big time in the Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, you know, the one thing about Lost in Time here, Gardet, is he's been kind of off his game the last couple of weeks, but boy, did he fly home tonight. That was a great performance, and I was just watching them as they were going past the wire and maybe about halfway around the turn. He was up uh, beside Lather Up, and I think maybe, you know, maybe going forward, it might it might be those two that separate themselves. Maybe Lost in Time's uh, found a way to catch up a little bit, but right now this, this winner is just dominant. Here's how they finished. One St. Lad's Neptune was 7-2. Stay Hungry finished 4-3. West Delight fifth. Four Lather Up, the winner. Five American History, 10. Six Lost in Time was third. Seven Done Well was second. Eight Nutcracker Sweet, six. Nine Hayden Hanover was ninth. And the 10 Hitman Hill was eighth. Seven, four, five, one, ten, three, two, six, nine, eight on the bottom. One, 48, and one for the Pepsi North America Cup. Teagues take this one home, Mike. Garnett, just a quick question for you. You know, you talk about a little bit of an old school type of uh, conditioning regimen for the Pepsi North America Cup. Now, obviously, Lather Up came and was in the Sun Beach somewhere, and okay, we could see that. But what about that race two back? I mean, here you've got Ohio guys, you've got Delaware guys, uh, you know, ownership and trainership and all that, and they enter in a non-winners of five over the Sobel back on May 26th. Do you think that uh, you know, you don't see that much that often where guys, you know, the oval that they're pointed for in a major stakes race to put in the overnight, like as much as three weeks before. Do you think that could have helped? I don't think it would hurt one bit. And I'm just, uh, I'm kind of chuckling inside right now because I remember my write up in the daily racing form. Uh, the one thing that I said was that this horse was no lock in that race three starts back. <laughs> And that kind of looks really stupid now when you think of it. I mean, he absolutely was a lock in that race. Um, and you know what? That Maybe that toughened him up a bit because he didn't really get a lot of respect there. I mean, he had a horse. I don't remember which horse it was, but there was a horse that hooked him to the half in 54 and 4 and stuck his stuck a, you know, a quarter of a length in front at the half and uh, lather up battled back. And then he just absolutely dominated with a 26 and 2 last quarter. And I think that's when everybody realized that, you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody – was doubting it before, but that's when people realized, man, this is a really, really good racehorse. All right, boys. The 13th race is up next. We are six minutes away, obviously still waiting on Jessica Otten, who is uh, waving currently at us. So we're waiting on her to get um, 
excuse me, we're waiting on her to uh, we're get, waiting on her to get an interview. Obviously, Montreal Teague and the Teagues uh, currently busy, but the 13th race is up next. Garnett, the three at Tiger's Way, currently your seven to five favorite. Scratch the five, Gold Star Diablo here in the 13th. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not really a big fan of Tiger's Way. I got him on my pick four ticket. I'm hoping to beat him. Um, this horse is a. Uh, he shows these 26, 25, and four last quarters, but he gaps cover in in you know uh, in the important part of the race, and he kind of comes late for these uh, with these big quarters. And as you can see, he's uh, winless this year and only won two times last year. So I would definitely be looking to beat this horse. I mean, the price on Talbot Romeo right now four to one is absolutely ridiculous. You're not going to get anywhere near four to one on him. I think he's going to be closer to two to one at post time. You know who I kind of liked before the scratch was the five uh, gold star Diablo. Now, granted, I uh, was making his first start of 2018, but he was coming off some pretty good efforts at uh, Pompano Park. Yeah, and that's an interesting trainer change. Uh, the, that's a trainer change that quite often works here. I probably would have used him if he didn't get scratched there. <clears throat> Mike, uh, have you taken a look at the 13th? Who do you like here, my friend? All right, I think we uh, lost uh, Mike Bozich again. Three to two on the three Tigers way. We're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, you've got more action on Pepsi North America Cup night here at Woodbine, a Mohawk Park. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnsdale, Jessica Otten. Obviously, the Garnett, the winner's circle is uh, still a scurry of people, so we're going to get a winner's circle interview here in just a couple of minutes. But now we focus on the uh, 13th race. Uh, number six, Hidden Delight, is uh, kind of got a little bit of hidden value here. Was fourth in the Sun Beach somewhere, Garnett. Obviously, a much tougher group there. Five to one is a, a little bit of a uh, overlay, maybe. 
Yeah, and there's another horse that I like. Uh, my top pick is actually an overlay. And once again, I'm a lone wolf with the uh, with the picks on the board. <laughs> but uh, I went to a horse I don't typically bet, the downtown bus. And I'll tell you why. He's making his third start back after missing a month. You see there between uh, April and June, he missed a full month where he came back and was second in an OSS uh, grassroots race. Then last time he had the nine hole uh, was, you know, didn't really have a shot when they come home in 124 and he picked up like 13 lengths. He uh, picks up Doug McNair here. First time McNair's a big angle at this track. And I think seven to one's a really good price on this one. You got to hunt for value in these kinds of races. Uh, Garnett, obviously when you think that uh, like the current favorite is currently eight to five, you know, when you think the favorite is beaten, you've got to shoot for that hidden value, Mike. Yeah, I think you're right. And the pick I went to was number nine, Ali Strikes Fame, right now 12 to 1. Actually, I think that's a little bit undervalued. But uh, I still like situations where horses show speed at different points of the mile. If you look two starts back, this horse tried to make a brush to the top, and that is very unlike this horse. I mean, if you look at his last six races, I mean, obviously he was very well meant a couple of starts ago, and last start I think he just got too far behind, was out of position to a very soft second quarter. I mean, obviously post nine is going to be tough. He doesn't really appear to have a whole lot of speed, so I mean, getting into the race may be a little bit of an issue, but you know what? If if the pace could break down a little bit. And honestly, if Garnett's four races very well, and that means the pace is broken down. And that means that, you know, maybe nine can get involved somehow, but still 13 to one's a little low. I was hoping for maybe North of 20 to one, but he does scratch into <laughs> post eight, which, you know, could be a little bit of a help guys actually from post nine. What do you, what do you, Garnett, what do you think here of the nine uh, Ali strikes vape? I think he's a good one to put underneath. I don't really like him on top. All right, they are on the racetrack for the 13th race, five-year-olds or younger. Guys, we're going to send our focus to the uh, 15th race. Um, obviously, the uh, highlight of Pepsi North America Cup died a 12-horse field, Mike, at the Super High Five. Have you put a ticket together? Well, I will tell you this. I put the front end of the ticket together. I really like number two, Avalanche Hanover. I mean, they claim this horse three starts back. This horse went down the road two starts back. And then last start, he was handled a little bit conservative. You know, trying to come out, you know, had a really good cover. Just kind of flattened out towards the end. I mean, did come home halfway decently, you know. But I'm going to tell you what. In a big field like this, in Carmen Osiello, he's a very good trainer. Jonathan Drury's had a very good night. I think Avalanche Channel was going to be a lot more aggressive here tonight, like he was two starts back. And if he is in a race that's kind of void of speed, and you've got a lot of speed starting from the second tier, both 11 and 12, which will, which will not have the lead, or which, you know, it's physically impossible for them to leave, I think two Avalanche Channel has got a really big chance. So, honestly, I'm going to put him on top, and then I'm going to try to figure out what I'm going to do for the, uh, the bottom end of the ticket, you know, obviously by the time we get to the 15th race. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this all kind of plays out. Currently a four to one on the six hidden delight guys. There's the value play. I believe eight to five currently on the eight Garnett. Uh, as you've been talking, this horse is uh, taking some money. Kazimoto currently at 11 to one. This is a horse dropping down out of preferred company uh, Garnett and uh, raced at Georgian downs uh, was third against uh, non-winners of seven here at Woodbine Mohawk park back on June 2nd. I think this might have a little bit of an outside chance. Yeah, he's a horse that pops up when you don't really expect it. I actually hit a pick three with him first time out this year that paid uh, 
paid over 400 bucks, but it was, um, you know, I started out with a 31 to one shot and Kazimoto was 12 to one. And, um, I couldn't figure out why it didn't pay 4,000. It was kind of weird. I think he got bet that night. The downtown bus was a horse you talked about earlier. Garnett, do you still think eight to one is a good value play? Well, I'm logging into Benham here, so that should be your answer. <laughs> Listen, I think your HPI account isn't sure which one of us is using it tonight. Mike, it's uh, a very competitive field uh, as Montreal Teague is going to make his way back here. Listen, if he gets back here um, before the, or while this race goes off, we are going to probably skip the 13th race, Mike, if that's okay with you <laughs> and uh, Montreal. That, that's okay, but you know what, Garnett, while you're logging in, let's take a look at the company lines of Kazimoto. Okay, five starts back against Jimmy Freight. Three starts back against Lather Up, who won. London Steelster, who finished second. Two starts back against Big Bang Boom, winner tonight. Last start against the same horse that you liked in the second race, that you were the lone wolf of, American Hustler at that Georgian Preferred, won. Okay? So he's got some company lines that are worth some merit here, Garnett. Absolutely. He's 10-1. to You know, he moves in a post to post six, which is traditionally the best post at this place. I don't know if anybody knows that, but uh, it always produces the highest number of winners. So, yeah, man, at 10 to 1 with those company lines, it's not the worst bet here. Listen, that's that's one thing that, uh, Mike, you picked up on that uh, some of us didn't pick up on. Some of the horses that he's been facing that have actually won here this evening over the Woodbine Mohawk Park surface as number one. Great tune, a return to the paddock here. I'm going to get a little bit of a... Equipment adjustment. And, Mike, one thing we haven't really talked about, and Garnett uh, will kind of talk about it, me and you, is the sight lines from where we are. Boy, can we see everything. Now, granted, the back stretch is obviously really far away, but as they come down the stretch, what a view we have, G. Absolutely. This is uh, – we got the view. We got the TVs. Uh, this is this is great. Mike, the guys here at Woodbine Mohawk Park have been phenomenal um, throughout the entire evening. And I'll tell you what, the, the seat that we have – I mean, literally, the one horse is walking right in front of our table right now. No, that's that, that's good. I, I'm just looking more into this Cosimoto. <laughs> I'm sorry, always trying to make a couple of bucks. I'm looking more to this Cosimoto, and I, I was I, I pulled up the chart of that last Georgian race. Obviously, the speed broke down a little bit. I mean, you know, Cosimoto was in the pocket, and the outside horses, led by Garnett's American Hustle. We're able to, you know, have the momentum in that race in 52-2. and two. And we're getting Alfie Carroll to Trevor Henry here. To my knowledge, this is the first time Trevor Henry has driven this horse. So 12-1 to one right now. I'm liking. Listen, 12-1 to one, Trevor Ritchie, or excuse me, Trevor Henry. Guys, I used him on top of my, uh, in my trifecta here. We're going to go for a little bit of a shot and uh, see what we can catch on top and underneath we are looks to be zero minutes away from tonight's uh, 13th race. And when I say zero, I really mean zero um, because the board off to my right guard at uh, normally shows uh, how much time is left. Obviously the one great tune had to come back and uh, the nine here, Ali uh, strikes fame is acting up a little bit. Yeah. He had to get somebody to come out in the track, turn him around. Now he's kind of jumping up and down. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be James McDonald right now, the way this horse is acting up, but, you know what? At eight to one, uh, I'm taking a ride on the downtown bus here. Mike, any uh, last uh, any last words, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, not really. I mean, this is, you know, this is the last start of a pick three. I think if you like the downtown bus, I mean, he's going to come from behind. So if you really like the downtown bus, then maybe you have to have a horse or two that's going to be behind him. You have to play kind of against the speed. Um, I'm still going with Kazimoto here. I mean, you know, after, after uh, a lot of look, but uh, you know, I'm going to use the downtown bus too as well, guys. All right, short time remains to wager. The starting gate yet to move into position. Number seven, Kazimoto, we've been talking about. 12 to 1 on the morning line, 12 to 1 currently. Even money on the eight, Garnett's horse, Talbot Romeo. And 4 to 1 on the, uh, excuse me, 7 to 1 on the uh, four, the downtown bus. I'm not liking the uh, price on the three, Garnett at 5 to 2. No, me either. Um... I like the price on my horse a lot better. <laughs> All right. They are on their way to the gate for the 13th race. Uh, we are going to set it upstairs to the great voice of Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ken Middleton. Horses are on their way to the gate for the 13th race. Still time to play the final pick three. Going in behind the gate, it's eight Talbot Romeo in the role of favorite. Even money offered up on that streaking son of Roll of Joe. He's had back-to-back wins for trainer John Pentland, and Mike Saftig has macked out those winning efforts. See if the pacer can extend it to three in a row tonight. He's a four-to-five choice. Here they come. They're off and pacing at a good beginning in the center. First away for the lead is Hidden Delight. Kazumoto on the outside is motoring up to challenge now. The downtown bus in at the railway third. And we'll get back to the voice of uh, Woodbine Mohawk, Ken Middleton here. In uh, just a moment, just having a little bit of technical difficulties, but uh, we're back in action with the voice of Mohawk, Ken Middleton, race 13, guys. On the move right now, Talbot Romeo gets backstretch marching orders, and here he comes. And it's Talbot Romeo like a rocket right to the front. Back in the second, we go to find Kazumoto. Sitting up close third is hitting the light, and the fourth one is the downtown bus. Half in 54 and 3, second quarter, 28 and 2. New race leader, Talbot Romeo. Talbot Romeo into the final turn, leading at a length and a half now. Back into second to Kazumoto. Third is hitting the light. Right there with them from in fourth tracks, the downtown bus. Fifth Overland is Great Tune grinding away. Then six locked up is Stock. Seven to the outside, Tiger's Way. And trailing is Ollie Strikes Fame. A three-length lead for Talbot Romeo as he buzzes a three-quarter pole in one twenty-two and two a 27 and four third quarter into the stretch. Talbot Romeo's on top by four. Down the center, Hidden Delight. Rushing up off the ground, saving trip late comes the downtown bus. And they've got an eighth of a mile to cover. Still with the lead is Talbot Romeo. Here comes the downtown. 
downtown bus bearing down on him late. Still there with the rail is Talbot Romeo, the downtown bus trying to get him. The downtown bus with a late push after Talbot Romeo, and getting up is the downtown bus. Talbot Romeo, the second in 152. Garnett, that might be the best seven bucks I ever spent, my friend. Finally cash it what? i got to sing a song here. Take a ride on the downtown bus. <laughs> At Mike. 8 to 1 and buy some lunch. Uh, Mike, what would you think there, Mike? Right? We have uh, a downtown bus. Uh, Garnett uh, slips a buddy onto him. What am I going to tell? I, he's the man. He, I mean, honestly, Garnett, if you're talking about handicapping north of the border, <laughs> Garnett is the guy that you have to listen to. I mean, how many times I got to tell you? Oh, my goodness. What's some great races going on? We've got Montreal Teague uh, by the table. Um, we're going to talk to Montreal here in just a moment. Jess Gotten is standing by with him. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, so we're, so we're, cashing the, we're cashing the trifecta here, guys. I wish the two would have held on at 35-1 to 1 for third. But uh, you know what? Uh, a cash is a cash is a cash, right? We're going to go to the high five and uh, hope for the best. All right, so Montreal Teague is uh, standing by now uh, with Jessica Otten. And uh, <laughs> listen, everybody has, like, hugged his neck here tonight, so uh, we're finally going to get our chance with him. Jessica Otten standing by with Montreal Teague. First of all, congratulations. Kind of take us through what was going through your head behind the gate and what was happening going into your head going in the first turn. Uh, going behind the gate is a lot of nerves. <laughs> Just walking up there waiting. We got had us out there for, like, ten minutes, which – really sets in the nerves but um once the gate sprung all the nerves went away and it went into just focusing on what uh what position i can put myself in to get him home what was going into your head coming around the last turn when all the horses were kind of kicking into gear and you were kicking into gear and you were just probably thinking i want to be across the fire first yeah i was going some strong fractions on the front you can't really see who's who's uh loaded behind you but i know i had one to my back i had one to my side and you never know who's going to pop off the one the first up horse is uh, back and go right on by. So I kind of waited and kept on checking, kept on checking, didn't pop earplugs yet. But uh, once I got like halfway down the stretch, popped the earplugs and tried to go as fast as I can. I know that you were in the race with Wiggler Jiggler a few years back, and I was cheering for you. And I was cheering for you again tonight. Um, what does it mean to you to win the Heads North America Cup? I mean, it's a, obviously a giant race to win. Um, what are the emotions going through your body right now? Uh, it still can't be, I still can't believe it, but uh, it's great redemption. Um, I keep on saying that, but it adds to my – all of us are trying to build a legacy, and, you know, to add this one to one of the other uh, big races that I won, it makes it look better for my resume, and, you know, uh, going into the other races give me more confidence. Do you know what's next for Leather Up? Yeah, he'll be in a max hemp uh, next week, I think it is. Awesome. Well, congratulations, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Montreal Teague, everyone. Tons of us, Tons of us. All right, Montrell uh, Teague uh, joining us here. And, uh, Mike, uh, I'm getting ready to go up to uh, call the 14th race. Um, so uh, What? Yeah, I'm going up to call the 14th race, so uh, I'll be back soon. Uh, it's you and uh, Garnett and uh, Jessica. Hey, sing, sing, the, <laughs> sing the song I just invented, the downtown bus, when you get up there. <laughs> I'll be back, uh, right. guys. We got almost All right, well. Look at that. First time, first time McNair is an angle you cannot pass up at 9-1. to one. Uh, geez. well, you know what? Listen, Garnett, I, I, uh, I, I used them in the pick three. Got my pick three started, so we're in good shape. I used the downtown bus, and I used uh, 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 Kazimoto and uh, the nine horse that has yet to to finish the race. 
Yeah, that nine was crazy. Uh, going, they had to send somebody out to turn them around on the track. Here. <laughs> yeah. What about the half? <laughs> Maybe that too. Well, anyway, congratulate. You know what? The downtown bus, you know, great effort. But let's talk. You know what? Let's go a little bit uh, before that. Let's talk about the Pepsi North America Cup. And uh, let's just I know we talked this race to death kind of. But you know what? We've all seen Wiggle It Jiggle and we've seen him time and time again. And hopefully there's still a chance that, you know, we may see him again on the racetrack. But can we make comparisons right now? From with Lather Up and Wiggle It Jiggle It. I mean, even the way Lather Up goes, I mean, there's a little bit of a bounce to him, kind of like Wiggle It Jiggle It. Am I wrong? There is, and uh, we can absolutely make those rec- those uh, comparisons because, um, you know, he he uh, he's same kind of horse, uh, freewheeling, dominating on the front, same as Wiggle It Jiggle It kind of does, kind of a grinder. Um, wow, it's it's kind of crazy to think, uh, you know. <laughs> You th- you can watch this horse's sire race at Northfield Park. Maybe this Tuesday, you know, for a purse of uh, six thousand dollars. And um, you know, I don't even know at this point if anybody's lining up to breed to him. So it's just, it's a crazy good story. You know, one of the this is uh, this is uh, I want this to be me at the Ohio Sire Stake final this year with the son of Rompaway Wally. I mean, if this can happen, why can't that happen for me, right? And that's what's so great about this game. You just never yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, this game, I mean, where you have, you know, uh, yearlings from some the great Sunbeat somewhere. I mean, so many young horses. I mean, you've got the, you know, the, the great trotters from Muscle Hill. I mean, the young horses, you know, you invest all this money and it's still a crapshoot. It, it, when it comes down to it, it's still a crapshoot. But one of the great things about this game, and Garnett, you just mentioned it. When you get a young horse that kind of pops out of nowhere from kind of an unknown sire that's a homebred, that's what makes this game special. And that's what, you know, and I don't want to sound dramatic here, but that's what keeps the dream alive for a lot of these smaller type horsemen in smaller stables. Absolutely. That's what keeps everybody's dream alive. I own three pieces of three uh, two-year-olds that are all qualified and, you know, I'm just thrilled that all three of them qualified at this point and they're getting ready to race. And my dream is just to win a race because I've never, I haven't done it yet. But, um, you know, everybody's got different dreams and it's like buying lottery tickets really every time except uh, lottery tickets with four legs and, and a heart. And, uh, you know, they're animals at the end of the day. But um, it, it is about the dream, absolutely. And that's what keeps us coming back. Now, Garnett, you're with the stable.ca, Anthony McDonald. Obviously, Anthony just does a tremendous job, uh, you know, with, with, you know, coordinating him and his wife, Amy, with coordinating all the different kind of, of things that a fractional ownership stable does. And obviously, the whole point of the stable.ca and other fractional ownership things that are popping up is to try to give people like you and I an opportunity. I mean, you know, we, we don't really have a whole lot of money. I mean, we can't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, it, it taking shots on horses that may pan out. But, I mean, we, you know, it gives us, guys like us and, and, and ladies like us, an opportunity to try to get a horse and to try to get what it means to be an owner of a horse to try to understand what it means to get in the winner's circle. Um, 
do you believe the fractional ownership is the way this thing's going to go? I mean, going forward, the new wave of ownership to try to get new people involved. Do you think this is the wave of the future? Um, you know what? It's amazing how how fast they've built it up um, from nothing, really. Um, they have over 400 owners. Uh, Anthony was telling me today he has 1,200 people on just his email list. So, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's the wave of the future here, maybe. I don't know about everywhere, but uh, it, it's incredible. Anytime you go out to the track to see qualifiers or, you you know, drop into the training center. Like, I dropped in one day at 2 o'clock just to kind of say goodbye to one of my horses that was on, the, on her way to Illinois to start her season. And there had to be at least 20 owners there. And I'm thinking, you know, training's finished for the day. So people drop in just to say hello to the horses, feed them carrots, whatever, pet them. But um, a lot of people are in this for the experience. And, um, you know, if you can break even or make a few bucks, great. But uh, whatever he's selling, they're buying. So it's working. And the fractional ownerships, you know, especially like the stable.ca, you know, and we're, we're giving Anthony a lot of time here, but which is good, which is good. He does that, absolutely deserves it. But you know what? You could even go on the stable.ca, and you could – at certain times they have the drones flying around. I know you've watched it many times, okay? Yeah. You can actually, in a lot of cases, watch your horse train via drone. And I know Anthony – we've had Anthony on this program a lot of times, and you know he has told us many times about owners that he has overseas. I mean, he, I'm going to tell you. I'll be honest with you. He was telling me countries – of of horses uh, of, of people that own these horses, I never even heard of some of these countries that he's telling <laughs> me about about some of these people that that are in that own these horses, but they watch it online, they watch their horses train, they watch them via drone. I mean, it's unbelievable how people like Anthony are using technology to increase ownership. Which, let's be quite honest, in general, creates interest for the game as a whole. Right. And part of what part of what goes on is, I mean, these people come out to watch their horses race and uh, they'll uh, they'll bring 10 people with them. So you got a whole family coming out, spending money, watching the horses, cheering, hopefully getting into a winner's pitcher. And that's going to keep even more of them coming back. And, you know, they tell friends about it. So it gets more people involved. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really taking off up here. Well, there you go. And we're going to get to this post pretty real quick. But one final thing I want to mention, because you brought it up and I do want to mention it, is if you go back 15, 20, 25 years, you know, the clubhouses at the racetrack, a lot of times were filled with owners. If you fast forward to nowadays, a lot of times the owners are on the racetrack. The owners are the trainers uh, or you've got, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of horses owned by similar ownership groups that have horses all over the place. So you don't have the luxury of having clubhouses full of owners. But you know what? Anthony's trying to change that, and some other people that have these franks and ownerships are trying to say, uh, change that. And I, I'll tell you what, I think it's a big, big wave of the future, if you ask me. Well, Carter's abandoned us. He, boy, I'll tell you what, he, he must love this show, boy. As soon as he got to learn that he was going to call the 14th race, boy, we were distant memories. <laughs> he ran uh, to the... <laughs> I don't even know how anybody can make it from down here to up there that fast. I don't know if he's... Uh... <laughs> A reverse parachute or something, or a hovercraft. <laughs> so, so anyway, 
So anyway, race number 14 is coming up. It does start the late double, exact trifecta, superfecta wage rig. And uh, Garnet, I'll start with the one, and then we can kind of go down the way. One is Classy Dragon, owned by Bob Hamilton, Bill Robinson trains, James McDonald right now. He's 5-2, to two, uh, currently on the board, coming off an eighth-place finish. Uh, does take a drop in class. Does get some post-improvement. Uh, five to two right now on the board. Uh, Garnett? Two, physically inclined, owned by Robert Watson, Armando Capacity, Mike Bartram, Osceolo Stables, trained by Carmen Osceolo, driven by Jonathan Drury, who's having, as you mentioned, is having a good night. Currently three to two, mostly because he's taking a big class drop and coming off a couple of trouble trips. I think he's going to be prominent here. Whether he lasts or not, I don't know, but he's definitely going to be prominent in this race. Number three is Beach House, owned by Harry Locke, trained by uh, Robert Don Fellow, Sylvan Philly on drives. Beach House had an uncovered trip last time uh, to Rocket. Having two starts back was going up against the likes of some good horses, Gin Shark and uh, Nickelback, finishing a good fourth. Despite being ninth at the eighth bowl, I thought this horse rallied well, 26-3, and three, right now 7-1 to one on the board. Garnett? Four, culture, Cultural Paradise, owned by Brad Grant, trained by Richard Moreau, driven by Doug McNair, who just won the last race for us with the downtown bus. Um, he's been sort of, uh, well, not that great lately, but this horse, if he gets a trip, can definitely get a piece of this. And from the four hole, he might do just that. Number five is Shadow Margot, a good second place finish last time for owners Keith Cassell, uh, John Tobin, uh, Limco Incorporated, Vic Putty, who trains Phil Hudon's in the bike. Once again, a good second place finish last time, was ninth at the top of the stretch, really made up a lot of ground there. Only closed home in 27 and 4, so you have to think that the leaders are kind of getting tired towards the end. Did finish uh, fifth of Gin Shark, two back, and five lengths back, three starts to go to uh, Tracer Hanover, who. Uh, Garnett's my lone winner of the night. Well, that was a big winner. Number six is I'm Sporty, owned by Percy Elkins, the second horse in the field, trained by Carmen Asiello, driven by Trevor Henry. I'm Sporty has a couple of miles here where he's on some bad cover. Um, I actually made a lot of money on this horse four starts back um, when he was first taken over by Asiello. He's 16 to 1, probably not the worst stab in this field. Number seven is external right now, currently six to one, up quite a bit from that three to one morning line, uh, owned by Roland Trudeau, trained by Rene Brasso, and uh, Bob McClure's driving a win last time out against London Sealster, who come back to finish second tonight, broke two starts back against Big Bang Boom, who was a winner uh, earlier tonight, and uh, he's won two of his last four, does have to deal with the outside, um, I think six to one, I'm not so sure whether to read that as board dead or uh, an overlay. External is actually my top pick. I love the way, if you look, uh, when Bob McClure took this horse over, excluding the race that he broke, he's produced the uh, last quarters of 26-1, and 26-2 and and for three starts for Bob. And that's part of the reason why he's my top pick. But the eight-horse, blatantly best, owned by Brad Grant, Richard Moreau's uh, second trainee in the field, tra- driven by Louis Philippe Waugh, comes back in the same class after an eighth-place finish. This horse... Normally, uh, we'll be peppering the pace, which uh, could set something, could set it up for the closers like external. Okay, got an interesting betting board here in the 14th, Garnett. We're going to talk a little bit about the late double uh, because uh, we got the 15th coming up. Obviously, the 15th is that big high five must uh, give. So when Carter gets off a of cloud nine, we'll be able to uh, bring him down to talk about that if he's in any shape of mind to do so because he is calling the 14th. But uh, you go with external. A good close last time to beat London Sealster. We'll come back to finish a good closing second tonight. Um, you know, it was in that nominers of seven. And I've noticed a lot of horses coming out of that nominers of seven tonight that have kind of just 
you know, blanketed a lot of different mid-level condition races. Where do we compare that now when there's a seven versus some of these, like now when there's a 15, now when there's a 10,000, you know, races like that? I would, I would consider it similar, but if you look at the time, like the races that Classy Dragon and Physically Inclined are dropping out of, they're going 49 in a piece and 50 almost every week. So that's probably why those horses are getting hammered at the windows, and rightfully so. But I think the non-winners of seven would be comparable, you know, maybe to the non-winners of 15,000 last five class. Okay, a lot of people like to play the lane double. So, okay, so we're good with seven external in this race. Uh, looking ahead to the 15th for those that may want to get a, a, a take a shot at the late double. We've got a big field of 12. Who maybe could right. we play in the 15th with uh, external in the 14th? Well, you know, my top, 13th, pick was, rather. top pick was Dream Fair BJ coming back. But, um, you know, the horse that I think is a little bit sneaky is Rock This Way, who broke two starts back, has two eight holes in a row. Last time he come home in 26-2. and two. Moving to the five hole, I think he's good enough to be competitive in this class, and he's going to be, go off at a big price. I'm going to bet a 7-5 double right now, as a matter of fact. All right, well, go ahead and log on there as uh, they hone in on the uh, starting vehicle for the 14th race. It does start the lane double. There is exact trifecta and superfecta wagering. We appreciate everybody joining us here on uh, post time with Mike and Mike. Did have some technical difficulties probably the first 15, 20 minutes of the show, but as always, we worked it out. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a great night, always a great night at the, the Pepsi North America Cup at Mohawk. Obviously, you know, things have been taking a little bit of a turn uh, in Canadian racing over the past year or two. Obviously, the closure of uh, Woodbine and now the, uh, you know, the extended racing meet at Mohawk. But there's 35 seconds left on the countdown clock. Without further ado, we're going to send it to Carter who is actually, literally, calling the 14th race. And here he is. Pacers lined up for tonight's 14th race. All set here at Woodbine Mohawk Park. They're picking up speed, and here they come. And the Roth and uh, pacing is Shadow Margot and blatantly a best left together. Classic Dragon shows speed at the inside, so too did physically inclined. Then comes Beach House, who gets away in fifth, six towards the inside. Is Cultural Paradise at the inside is I'm a Sporty, and external is the trailer. Around the clubhouse turn, they go for the first time. And striding up on the outside is physically inclined. Up to take over the lead by a length and a half over Shadow Margot, who will pace in second through an opening quarter of 20. 27 and 1. Classy Dragon got away in third, five and a half lengths off the lead, then it's a gap of two, back to blatantly at best. Beach House is next, a gap of three, back to a cultural paradise. I'm Sporty is next to make it a break at the back, was external, is now back on the pacing gate. They pace to the half, and it's physically inclined on top by a length and a half over Shadow Margot, who paces along in second. Classy Dragon continues to track from in third as they go past the half in 55 and 2, 28 and 1 in that panel, and physically inclined is trying to get away from Shadow Margot. It's a gap of length and three quarters to Classy Dragon, first up on the outside. 
outside, here comes Beach House out of fifth, now fourth and striding up. Then at the inside is blatantly best. Catching the cover of Beach House is Cultural Paradise. I'm Sporty trying to get into the mix with a third over bid as they come to the top of the stretch. They turn for home, and it's physically inclined to as the first one to three quarters in 123. Shadow Margot pacing well from the pocket. Now Pops Pocket up the inside is Classy Dragon. Outside next is a Beach House. It's physically inclined with the lead. Eighth of a mile from home. Shadow Margot still trying on the outside, trying to close his cultural paradise. But it's Shadow Margot who sticks a nose in front, physically and trying, trying to battle back. Shadow Margot wins. Physically inclined with second. All right. Well, Shadow Margot gets the job done. Five to one for the uh, Vic Putty Phil Hudon connections. Let's bring back in Garnet Barnsdale. Garnet, this was a horse that was 43 to one last time. And, uh, you know, I mean, close to home in, in sub 28 there, just missing ideal jet by three parts of a length. But uh, other than that, I mean, really doesn't show very many encouraging lines, at least if, you know, I mean, I guess you got to dig a little bit to find that one. He's a horse that, um, he's a horse that many times has, has stayed up near the front. Um, I guess last week's uh, last week's race was was excellent. Um, you know, my fourth pick, and I was three deep in the pick four. Go figure. But uh, I think the key was uh, Phil Hudon came over and shook my hand a few minutes before the post parade for this race. So I must be the good luck charm. Well, there you go. So the 14th race goes to number five, Shadow Margot. We're going to take a very quick timeout. When we come back, uh, hopefully Mike Carter can make it downstairs from the announcer's booth as fast as he made it upstairs because that had to be a record time. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure Two-Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there!
You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with, uh, well, right now, Garnett Barnsdale and Jess Scott. Mike Carter just got through calling the 14th race, and uh, we're going to try to stick with you to the 15th race. We've got about 20 minutes left of air time. Let's bring you the prices. Shadow Margot wins at twelve eighty, or exactly $60.60. So I effect for a dollar returns eighty three ten, and the Super Effector for 20 cents returns $67.96, and the Pick 3 uh, for a dollar returns $145.95. Garnett, uh, let's send it back over to you. And uh, Garnett, I probably shouldn't tell Mr. Carter that he was just on TVG because we don't want that to go to his head, do we? No, it's probably big enough already. I don't even know if you can get it out of the booth. He did a good job, uh, as he always usually does. So uh, we'll see what happens when he gets back. He certainly did, and you, Garnett, uh, you had a chance to call uh, call a race, uh, what, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, right? I did. I called one, and uh, interestingly enough, it came down to a nose, and I managed to call the right horse, which is always a gamble when you, uh, when you, when you make that try, but I was pretty confident uh, glancing at the horses and then quickly at the uh, television screen. I got it right, and I think I did okay. Uh, it's uh, it seems to you know if you don't if you do it infrequently it's always a little bit of an adventure but I love it. Well, you know I'll tell you what it's one of the things that well you probably realize now from calling some races is that every booth and every angle is different. Right. And I and, and I and I'll give you a great example like when I called at Cal Expo, you know the top of the stretch for some reason and it's it's a mile track but it's not an overly long stretch. For a mile track, but for some reason, I just could not pick up horses at the top of the stretch. So when they got to a little bit beyond the eighth pole, I had to switch to the. And luckily, they had a a flat screen TV up there, and and it was good quality. I had to switch to the top to the TV to get the top of the stretch, and I kind of had to memorize them, you know, right when they got to the eighth pole, right when they were turning for home. Now at Hawthorne, you've got the full quarter of a mile stretch. Garnet, I got to tell you, when I got up there. The first time I saw how long that stretch was, I, I, I believe me, I was 10 minutes later. I was looking for the closest sporting goods store to try to find a telescope. It's kind of head on, isn't it? Um, anyways, <laughs> listen, uh, Derek Gibner from DRF Harness just happened by. Well, you want to have a little chat with him about uh, his thoughts on this high five ticket? Before he, uh, well, Garnet, uh, Garnet, I'll tell you what. I'll let you lead that interview. Let's talk to our man, DG, and uh, and see what well, he has to say. I don't know if this mic's turned on here. One, here, I'm just going to pass it to him. Why don't you get his thoughts on the air, and, uh, and then he'll pass it back. How about that? That sounds fantastic. Derek, take it away. Tell us uh, how we're going to win this pick five and uh, take home thousands and all quit our jobs tomorrow. I just got the mic now, so I didn't hear what you just said, Mike. But I'm sure it was good. <laughs> I was just going to ask you. Now, Derek, can you hear me? Do you have the headphones on? I do. I can hear everything you're saying now. Oh, well, that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But anyway, I do have to ask you, okay, because we want to make thousands. Nobody wants to go to work tomorrow. So 
you have to you have to break down this high five for us and uh, tell us how how we could retire. You want my honest opinion? I really don't absolutely. Like I don't want you to hold anything back. It's eleven forty one Eastern. The only opinion I got is the honest opinion. I looked at the race. My first opinion was I liked the eleven, and I was going to do something key in him. I looked at the race again, and then I changed my mind and decided I liked the three best, and he's now eight to five. And then I thought about it some more, and I said, I just don't think I have the funds to play the bet I probably want to play. So what I did was something uh, a little bit interesting. I put up some money into uh, Ken Middleton's uh, big uh, pool that he's got going on, which is, I think, about $6,300 worth of tickets he's playing, and I have a a strong 1% of that. Well, okay, so... For for the layman at home that you know that that you know ain't, isn't going to contribute to that and may only have just a couple of bucks to put into it, obviously we have to focus in on a couple of horses. Now, I've done that. I focused in on two Avalanche Anober, who's completely bored dead right now at this point in time. But uh, if we're going to focus on a horse or two, and I know you mentioned the three, but if we're going to focus on a horse or two and kind of play around that, who who are a, a couple of the horses that we could focus in on? No doubt about it. I would definitely focus in on Dream Fair BJ, you know, coming off a really strong effort. You know, a lot of times you see these horses that jump up, and this one's jumping up a couple of classes, but they jump off up off open-length wins, and they can, you know, pair them up, and they can come back with another strong effort like that. For me, the mark is usually about two lengths. If a horse wins by more than two lengths, I'm okay with them uh, jumping up in class and taking a shot. So he would definitely be the one I'd be looking at in the top, you know, first and second spots. I also mentioned number 11, Magnum J. I just feel like there's a little bit more potential in this horse. You know, miss some time, you know, over the winter, as most horses do, take some time off coming back into uh, this season. And, you know, his first start was pretty good, and then he stopped on the lead. I think the second tier might help this horse. I mean, he's used to being on the lead, but sometimes you need to change it up with horses, and that'll freshen them up. So he's the other one I'd be using, Magnum J. Obviously, when you get to a race like this, I think the second tier is a complete mystery. Now, obviously, you mentioned Magnum J starting from post 11, okay, which means he's going to start from behind post 1, and then we got post 12 right alongside. Um, you know, second tier horses are always a mystery because, obviously, the start depends on what the horses do in front of them. Um, do we put these second tier horses underneath – is, is is that what we do with these? I mean, as far as, you know, putting this ticket together, I mean, is it, you think it's really, really risky to put them on top, especially if we have a limited bankroll? I mean, listen, the second tier is always a, a big issue because you don't know what the horses in front of them are going to do. In the case of Magnum J, Cool Rock, who's got the rail, is not known for his early speed. You know, he comes away pretty slow. That could push Magnum J back, but for this particular horse, that's actually what I want. I mean, a horse that's not doing well on the lead and, you know, a little bit of change of pace, something different might help the horse. And I think coming away fifth, sixth, seventh might not be a bad thing for Magnum J. You know, maybe the horse will perk up with a different kind of trip. When we play this kind of race, obviously it's great to go for the must pay. I mean, it's great to go. You see that big giant carryover and right away you see dollar signs in your eyes. But, Let's get back to reality. What is the, in other words, do you have to, is there a minimum bankroll? I mean, is there like a, a cutoff line as far as to 
how much we should put in this race. In other words, if we're only playing with like a $15, $20 bankroll, should we even bother? Yeah, that's a tough question. You know, $20, it's tough to play in a 12-horse field with $20. If this was a jackpot bet where it was a 10-horse a field or a 9-horse field and you had 20 yeah, I could see taking a shot. With $20 is probably not going to cut it in a 12-horse field. I, I think with a play like this, you're going to have to be probably minimum around the $36 range you know, to actually take a shot and, and have a, a reasonable chance to hit it. That being said, I mean, if you want to go with the three, who is now six to five and the most likely winner here, you could play a combination where you play him over, let's say, two horses and two horses. But you know how hard it is to, you know, key out two horses that are definitely going to be involved in the second and third spots. It's, it's very difficult. So I would say you got to be, you know, well up into the 30s, you know, on a single race bet like this to have a shot. All right, very good. Well, listen, Derek, we certainly appreciate you joining us. How are things from your end tonight? Everything goes smooth? Yeah, everything was fine. It was, it was a great night of racing. It's always good to see the Teagues in the winter circle. You know, they're just great people. And, you know, just the fact that they took a horse like this with, you know, breeding that's, you know, a little bit more obscure with I'm Gorgeous and got to the winter circle and a guy like Clyde Francis and Montreal Teague who were here at Wiggle and Jiggle It and they thought they were going to, win it then and it didn't work out and you know you never know what uh, life's going to give you and for them it gave them uh, something pretty cool and you know we Jimmy Tacta said tonight that maybe Manchego will be going to the Beal so that was pretty interesting to learn as well yeah it certainly was any other standouts I mean obviously Hannah Laura Hanover looked fantastic again I mean she's on top of the Breeders Crown Hamiltonian Society poll I mean do you think she could run the table I mean if she keeps winning why not right I don't see anyone on the the mare side that can tackle her, but uh, maybe down the road, you know, some European horse will come in and give her a tussle when she uh, takes on the boys, which I'm certain she's going to do quite often. I mean, though, that being said, tonight she kind of got away pretty soft with a 56 half, and once that number went up on the board, the race was basically over. There was, you know, you didn't even need to contest the last half. One of those European horses, does it happen to start with an L? Uh... (laughs) Probably not, since that one is a pacer. Lazarus is a pacer? Just yeah, kidding. Yeah, pacer. Very, very good, very good. Dar- Derek, listen, we certainly, we certainly appreciate you joining us. But you know what? Maybe it will take a pacer to beat Hannah or Hanover, by the way. Uh, a pacer probably could. I think Glather Up, you know, would definitely have her number. <laughs> Derek, thanks, buddy. Get back to work, will you? Uh, no problem. Have, thanks for having me. Fantastic. That no, was Derek Givener from the DRF. Mike Carter, you are back. And uh, you I had a, uh, I'll tell you what, that was a heck of a race call, by the way. Thanks, brother. It's, you know, it's the experience of a lifetime. Uh, I told Kate uh, on my way upstairs. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, I told Kate on my way upstairs, you know, I, I've called on some good undercards, but uh, a million dollar undercard calling on that is, uh, you know, was something special. I'm thankful that Ken Middleton uh, let me go up and call uh, call the 14th. You're the king of the that undercard. That was fantastic. Now, we do have to ask you, was that uh, – did you set a record getting up there? Was that uh, because I'll tell you what, <laughs> Garnett said that you made it up to the booth like you were up there like in twenty seconds. How did you get up there? Twenty seconds, probably. Listen, I had I, there was a smoke screen behind me. I went, I darted through the winter circle up the stairs, and then I texted Ken. I said, "Come open the door." So it was uh, it was quick, that's for sure. All right, fantastic. Well, listen, guys, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back over to you, Mike. Obviously, we're closing it on post time. They're still in zero minutes. And they're still in the paddock. So Listen, I, I we're about 
our show is going to go off the air before this race goes off. I'm yeah, afraid. so so uh, I'm going to let you guys. We, you know, Derek and I, and and uh, we've kind of touched on this race. So I'm going to kind of leave you and Garnett to kind of wrap this thing up because uh, I mean, there's 12 horses in the race, and and obviously this is kind of a big carryover to shoot at, and it's a yeah. must pace. So guys, I'm going to let you guys uh, kind of talk about this thing as we go off the air. All right, here's uh here's the ticket Garnett and I split uh, three with one five with um one two three five nine eleven with one two three five nine eleven with all that costs uh, thirty eight dollars and forty cents, Mike. Uh you gotta take some shots here uh in this and uh you know, you gotta kind of uh you know, decide on what you want to do. Uh, it looks like Garnett and I are going to go with uh, hopefully catch the exacta and catch everything else behind it. And uh with this big with this big carryover, Mike, it gives you a big opportunity to score Garnett. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't love this. I don't love this race for, but you know, we, we spent a cheap ticket. We got the chalk on top of the next two chalks, but if we get, what if we get the nine third at 17 to one and then the two fourth at 27 to one, we could still get a thousand bucks each for, for $19. So I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I could see this uh, lining up our way and just going like that, or I could see completely not even coming close to this. So, I don't want to put too much into it, but let's take a shot, right? All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Jessica and I, this was our first Pepsi North America Cup. And, Jessica, I don't know about you, but the, the obviously it's emptied out. But uh, the crowd that was here was unbelievable. And uh, Winter Circle for the North America Cup was uh, incredible as well. Yes, it was. I love seeing people up on the fence interacting with the drivers and the trainers and even the grooms. And the the smiles and the emotion in the winter circle made me so happy for the connections. And as well as every other race, it's not the North America Cup, but it was pretty amazing. And I love seeing it and everybody happy. So it was a really good night of racing. And the, the phenomenal atmosphere was amazing, too. All right. As we wrap this thing up, we hope you hit your high five tickets. Don't forget to listen every Thursday. First post is 1030 via our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Also, make sure you check out the Harness Racing Van Zone featuring the new USTA play of the day each and every day. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday. Thanks so much for checking out the Pepsi North America Cup broadcast live from Woodbine Mohawk Park in Milton, Ontario. Good night, everybody. Live coverage of the 2018 Pepsi North America Cup was brought to you by Bet America. Play the Bet America way. New vocations. Make your next horse an X racehorse. Pacing for the Cure. Learn more at pacingforthecure.org. The Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, the home of the Hamiltonian. Hoosier Park Racing and Casino, Harness Racing Revolutionized. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono, home of the 2018 Breeders' Crowd, Windback Farms. Check out our yearling lineup at windbackfarm.com. The Harness Racing Fan Zone. Check out the brand new USTA Play of the Day exclusively at harnessracingfanzone.com. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. Visit runaces.com. And the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey. Visit the National Standard Bread Horse Show August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Don't forget to join us for another exciting episode of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Good night, everyone.